Could be Chris Rock. Well, listen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I That'd think be so. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if Chris would be down for that. It doesn't sound like he's really, yeah, that. But speaking of Oscars really quick, I just want to, uh, you know, have a little, pay a little respect to Shasheen Littlefeather. Did you hear she passed away? No. So uh, she was 75 and they hmm. just, at the Oscars, the Academy, um, did a thing where they, you know, made uh, they made right what happened to her back when she went and accepted Marlon, well, denied Marlon Brando's um, Oscar for, because uh, he won for um, The Godfather back in 73. So he was protesting the treatment of Native Americans. Mm. And so he sent Sasheen Littlefeather to go up there and accept the award when she was like, was Hey, like, Blake and Aaron, can you hear me? Something. Uh, she was like head of not. the, um, the, so uh, the like, um, image minutes. uh sure so I, I don't know if she was she wasn't she was head of something i can't even remember the the certain title anyway so she came out in her apache Good garb morning. and she basically said i can't accept this and this is why marlon can't accept it and da, 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 da. and the story is that john wayne had to be held back by a bunch of people because he wanted to go on stage and attack her because he was so pissed that Mm. that she was doing that you know so some people were clapping will smith and yeah and a lot of people booed that and that's after the will smith thing this is why i'm bringing wow. up is when everyone started bringing to light the way that sasheen littlefeather was treated back when she was you know she was very respectful in her speech mm -hmm. um you know she just said this is what's going on you know especially all the stuff that happened at wounded knee and that they were protesting as well but anyway um it was like marlon brando was uh, was a huge advocate for them and i didn't i and so she just passed away anyway oh. so they but she did just get paid respect at the oscars again they did a little uh thing for her had a like a little party thingy more on uh, celebrity stuff coming up in our celebrity rundown with aaron in just a few minutes it's 7 25 right now i have some important news for you interesting news it's blake and aaron's spilling the tea with sandy k-man's top news headlines of the day from cmr good morning sandy Hello. i had a little Am I, Am I supposed, supposed to be to hearing you? Because I do not hear you today. You are supposed to be <laughs> so, That would be... Uh, Take it away. I hear you. I hear... I see your lips, and um, I do not hear you. So we shall proceed with the morning headlines, although I can't hear Bleak and Aaron. All right, folks. Um, good morning to everyone. So major headline this morning is there's some sort of traffic accident um, in the eastern districts in the vicinity of Northwood. Looks like someone may have taken out a pole, and it's likely a fatality. So there are police reconstruction um, folks on the scene as we speak, um, trying to you know sort things out. So we will give you more information once that becomes available. Blake, I should probably be able to hear you now. All right, can you uh, hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. I had that tab Aaron? muted. <laughs> I can hear. You had I, I, I muted the tab. Well, that's okay. let's, yeah, you know, so, let's, um, let's hope everyone's, I mean. I don't sound great sound anyway, so that's fine. Yeah. It's probably better. <laughs> so, um, yes, I was just talking about this possible fatality in the Northwood area, which has traffic um, backed up tremendously yeah. for the Eastern District. So everybody was complaining this morning from early morning, what's going on with the traffic? And it was quite horrendous yesterday evening going up into the Eastern Districts. And no one could ever say why. Like, I never actually saw an accident. One person said that they there was an accident, but there's no photos or anything. So it was a bit weird because mm. normally you'd get sort of more information on that. But it was really horrible on both the Esterly Tibbets, um, my apologies, the East-West Arterial, as well as the main road on Shamrock. So, so is it those of us who live in the East are suffering. Yeah. But it's cleaned <laughs> up right now or there's still... No, no, no. There's no cleaning okay. up today. 
it's yeah. You're you're gonna be sitting in traffic for a while this morning. So message message work, and let them know that you will be late. I tell them, them Sam told you're gonna be late. Yeah, just call in sick. That's <laughs> <laughs> like your bosses. I said that, or you could blame it on me. Yeah, I don't care. It's in your letters and your email to yeah. Uh, Aaron Brown, yeah. care of the <laughs> broadcasting. Okay. Uh, I've got a nice filing cabinet over in the uh, yeah. over in the shredder. Yeah. So um, the police have yeah. said that they have arrested um, two individuals for attempted murder in the West Bay shooting that took place. Um, you guys remember just a few days ago. Uh-huh. So this was the one where the poor dog unfortunately got killed. Yeah. Um. So now they have arrested a man. They say age thirty-one of Georgetown, who was also arrested for possession of um, a controlled substance, uh, ecstasy. And they have also arrested an 80, uh, sorry, a 28-year-old, not an 82-year-old, 28-year-old of Bodentown who was uh, arrested on suspicion of possession of cocaine and, um, you know, other such things, unlicensed firearm. So all of this went down on Sunday, and they say that they are responsible um, for the shooting, they believe, not yet charged, just arrested at this point um, for the incident that took place on Thursday in West Bay. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, speaking of, of crazy, you know, uh, violent-related incidents, but there was actually an American, um, actually, I don't know if they're American, but I'm assuming they're American, but a tourist was killed in TCI. Um, you know, they, they've had some issues recently. And um, yes, it is a U.S. citizen who's vacationing in Turks and Caicos, was actually killed wow. in uh, suspected gun uh, violence, a gang-related shooting spree that they've been having, so... Yeah, they their situation is a bit out of control huh. at the moment. So it's not even safe now for tourists. It's I I know this is not this is totally not the, good. Uh, said the RCIPS helicopter there to help. Yes, we did. Um, I think we. I don't know if we've resent it because I know we pulled out when the storm was coming, uh-huh. but I do know that um, we had indeed uh, sent them some assistance. Can you imagine what Cayman would be like if we elicited? help from another Caribbean country with crime here? That would be crazy. I mean. Yeah, we hope we never get to that point. Um, You know, last week, Thursday, Wednesday, actually, I was speaking to a journalist because we have a Caribbean Connection Wednesdays, and we were actually speaking to Damien in TCI, and he was talking about some of the issues uh, there with the gang violence, and they've had, like, some over 20 murders for the year. And they remember, they have a population half the size of the Cayman Islands. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, what is so interesting is a lot of the things he said uh, are a lot of the same issues that we are dealing with. So it's a little bit scary because it parallels, unfortunately, really very, very closely the causes and so on. So Well, that's, you know, um, that's why we should be nipping it in the bud as as, as quickly as possible, there. absolutely. Yeah. And not so, letting it out of control. Yeah, a British man was arrested um, in Jamaica at the Sangster International Airport in St. James, Jamaica, on Saturday for cocaine valued at uh, some $400,000 US that was found in his luggage. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, Around, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. Around 3 20 p.m., the man was checking into board a flight to Manchester, England. When his luggage was searched and approximately 8.5 kilos was discovered and false mm. compartments in his luggage. So he well, was arrested. Thrown in jail. Sounds like yeah. luck of abroad. I was just going to yeah, say. Yeah, I was going to say. That's probably, we'll yeah. see that on a future episode. I've yeah. seen these shows before. You should know better. <laughs> mm. Exactly. The first place yeah. they look. They stick a knife into the lining. 
Yeah. Pull it out. If there's any like a wipe sub substance on it, you're hosed. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't me. So some good news. <laughs> I don't know about that there. Not my back. <laughs> some good news if you use the bus system here in the Cayman Islands. There have been some additional routes added um, on Walker's Road in front of Syfec, opposite Rubus Gas Station, which is close to the Church of God and Couture Street, and some others. Um, you know, yeah. they're just adding some additional routes. So this is helpful, especially for students if you rely on the bus. So check out, we've actually put up the, the schedule. So check that out on our website if you um, are a bus rider and need to know. Well, Sandy, and, really quick, I got to say something because yes. I don't know if you knew. I got naturalized yesterday. Ooh. What? Mess so with you. Congratulations. Thank she, you. I just want to say that. I am, very, I am very proud. I am yeah. very, so anyways, I'm very glad that I was accepted into this country. Yeah. Wonderful. So, well, yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah. I, I'm like, it was, it was meant to happen last week, but it was the hurricane, unfortunately. So they uh -huh. had to change the ceremony, but man, it, you know. It was a nice ceremony. Got a little teary. Like, very we're, excited. We're well, congratulations. Yeah. So, yeah. So here we are. We've been here this long now that both Blake and I are basically almost, uh, you know, I mean, it's almost been 15 years for both of us. So, yeah. Wow. Congrats. Long time. Longest running morning show in Cayman. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, Kim Kardashian, you guys might have covered this. I don't know if you did oh, yeah. your celebrity news this morning, but ooh, he. she's going to be forking up some uh, money. $1.26 million in penalties. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you shouldn't get into things you know nothing about. This is a lesson in that, really. And so, <clears throat> you know, I, I like Kim, actually. I think she's, I respect her celebrity hustle. Let's put it that way. So um, the Securities and Exchange Commission, however, <laughs> felt different about this particular one. Uh, they announced charges against Kim Kardashian for uh, touting on social media a crypto asset security being offered and sold by some company. Without disclosing, she was part of the promotion. She's paid for the promotion. My apologies. Yeah. And so now she's had she's decided to settle this and just pay one point two six million dollars in penalties, disgorgement, and interest. And she's going to assist the commission with ongoing investigation. So yeah, See, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Plugola. Yeah. So she need yeah you can't or payola according to the FCC. You have to advertise that this is an ad because everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows Kim wasn't just listening to some conversation. So let me go and write this let me, down. Let me and, give you, the, you know, yeah. out it herself. Let me give you the perfect example. She got paid. Yeah. Let's say let's say uh, I want to hawk uh, Domino's Domino's pizza is like, hey Blake and Aaron, we'll deliver you a pizza on your morning show if right. you can give us a mention on the air, and then we eat the pizza for it's, free. Yeah. Say nothing about. We say nothing about it, and we go on there and say, "Hey, uh, if you're hungry today, go get some Domino's pizza. Mm -hmm. They're special today." And then we don't disclose that we got a free pizza for saying that. That's against the law. We get fined. Yeah, and probably lose our jobs. Not really. Not here. Really. Not, well, yeah. I mean, with with company policy here. Yeah. yeah to, to be to be clear, though. Yes, and to be clear, the SEC has very very um, strict rules for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um. But you know, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. It's, that's getting it's into money. That's, a big that's not just FCC. That's that's getting Absolutely. into like something else that will be that will bring it a whole. But they also she also has another lawsuit going on for uh for pushing with her and Scott Disk some party <laughs> company that that's still going where she was uh. That was like a scam too. So yeah, she needs to watch what she's posting. I would say and kind of yeah. Look, I mean, just look at it a for bit sure. More. Yeah, I guess yeah. full disclosure in, in her case, but you know she's she's got a team of lawyers and promoters and marketing experts that should be able to assist her with all of these things. Um, so you would think that she wouldn't get it wrong, but there you have it. Now she's yeah, forgot some money.
So somebody's probably going to lose She's a their lawyer job. Too. Yeah, well, she has a law degree. Yeah. I was like, there, there is a difference. <laughs> Although in the U.S. you're a little bit closer to being a lawyer with a law degree. But uh, yeah. the mini bar. The mini bar, yeah. Not the mini the main bar. bar. Yeah. Not no, I mean, bar. still, the mini bar is actually pretty difficult to pass. I would say. And anyway, like, those are. I couldn't do it. She did the, it. So I'm not going to. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm definitely not knocking yeah. her. Um, yeah. So those are your news headlines. And guess what? She can afford the $1.26 million. Oh, yeah, of course. We couldn't. No. no. All, All right, right folks. Now on uh, Bobo 89.1 FM. We'll Have see you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. You Thursday too. Thursday headlines. Our segment. All right, folks, good morning to one and good morning to all. We are live on radio already, but let's go ahead and do our little introduction. How's everybody doing today? Hope you're doing fabulous on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold, hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. All right. Good morning, folks. Rise and shine. It's time to get up and at them. Well, you already know that if you live in the um, Eastern Districts that you are dealing with a situation this morning that no doubt has you either drinking your third or fourth cup of coffee or you're pulling out your hair. I don't know which one, but believe me, you um, all reports this morning is that the situation coming from the Eastern Districts is really, really crazy. And the cause? Well, let's have a look. Um, at what's causing it. It is this accident right here. Uh, someone, a vehicle, ran into a CUC pole. Um, and everybody's like, well, this is off the road. Why is it still causing all this traffic? Well, I don't know what to tell you, but the traffic is backed up in both directions. I suspect this could, unfortunately, we don't have any confirmed word yet, but I suspect this could actually be a fatality um, because there were accident reconstruction personnel on the um at the scene a bit earlier doing their work so you guys know you know how this happens everybody's rubbernecking um they slow down just to have a look and so now everybody is suffering with uh you know absolutely crazy traffic so uh, take your time relax don't let it stress you out you know there's nothing you can do to change the situation like i said send your notifications into work and just let them know that you are going to be late this morning and uh, you'll make it up at lunch. I don't know. <laughs> so there you have it. Quite an unfortunate situation, but don't worry. We're here on uh, the cold hard truth with another rundown Tuesday segment with health city to keep you entertained, to keep you busy and to keep you educated. So of course this month, as we all know, is the month of October and the month of October is a very, very special month when it comes to women's health, because we're going to be celebrating and discussing, um, you know, breast cancer awareness month, uh, all month long, there's going to be lots of stuff here that we'll be doing on the program to try to educate women. This is one of the areas 
that uh, we know that if breast cancer is caught uh, in the early stages, it is very, very, very treatable and survivable with all of the technology that we have available to us in 2022. One of the forerunners um, when it comes to, you know, the treatment, diagnosis and so on of breast cancer is definitely Health City. Um, recently, I was there myself doing my entire executive screening. And of course, I wanted to include the women's package, which does include um, the you know breast-related examinations. So we want to go ahead and welcome into the studio this morning. First up, we've got Shamari Scott. Shamari is the Chief Business Officer at Health City Cayman Islands. Good morning, Shamari. How are you? Hello. Good morning, Sandy. How are you doing today? Yes, I'm doing wonderful. I haven't seen you in a few weeks. So I it's say nice it's been an exciting few weeks that we yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That we Can weren't able to, to, um, to come on based on the excitement of the hurricane and the other excitement that's yes. still ongoing, yeah. right? Well, we've got our own bit of excitement here this morning. So um, thanks again for joining us. We're going to talk, we talked about the oncology program mm -hmm. and all of the wonderful things that you guys do have available um, at Health City. So we've got Jennifer Weber, who's the operations manager for the oncology program, and she's up next. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Happy to be here. Hi, Shamari. Yes, yes. Hello, so good to see you. How are you doing? He's, he's on his first cup of really big coffee this morning. <laughs> I, just, I just thought he's Oh, the dog coffee. likes me best. I like the cups. And then Shamari says, best dad ever. <laughs> big cup over All here, right. too. <laughs> now, I don't I did, know if Dr. I did Dr. not buy Rajmi... that for myself, Sandy. I did not buy that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I don't know if Dr. Uh, Rajmi Sharma is a coffee drinker or not. But if she's not, she might want to get that, that mug handy just in case. So uh, good morning, Dr. Good Sharma. How are you? Good morning. Just finished my coffee. You just finished uh, yours? Yeah, I have a little cold, so my voice will be a little heavy. Yes, no worries. So um, welcome to you as well. Um, Dr. Sharma is the surgical oncologist and oncoplastic breast surgeon at Health City as well. So we're going to learn a little bit. Sorry? Yes. Okay. So we're going to learn a little bit about what that all means here in a second. Of course, as usual, if you have any questions for our guests, we invite you to um, join in. Um, Health City is, you know, celebrating eight years now, over eight years of um, providing excellent medical services uh, to the Cayman Islands, and they're continuing to expand. So, of course, we know that they're building a state-of-the-art facility there at Cayman Bay. So your questions, you can send through on the WhatsApp you can also do 936-2626, that's 936-BOBO. And so good morning to everyone. We've got Poppy who's joining us this morning, Ervalyn, Stephanie's here. I'm sure Stephanie's like, why not this morning? You know, traffic's horrible. What else am I gonna do but listen to some excellent radio? Um, Ervalyn, Daisy joining us. Uh, Ethel says, good morning, beautiful Sandy Hill and everyone else. Ms. Dean is also joining us from overseas. We have Richard and Celine both tuned in. Ms. Beulah is here. Aliana, Wiwi, and um, Sarah says that when she drove out of Beach Bay Road at 6.40 p.m., there was no traffic from the east. Um, she's hoping that the accident is not a fatality. It's not looking good, Sarah, but we'll confirm a bit later on. Diamond Princess is shouting out uh, good morning to all the lovely people. Marshall joining us, Siobhan, Olivia, and of course, Ms. Bernita was the first one out of the barn. So good morning to one and good morning to all. So good to see you guys here for another segment of Medical Rundown Tuesdays with Health City. So where do we begin? Um, you know, I feel like like breast cancer is one of the things that for 
any and all women. Um, sounds incredibly scary. And, um, you know, we all, like every woman thinks, oh my gosh, if I ever got that diagnosis, what am I going to do? We saw Katie Cork just last week announced that uh, she has been diagnosed with breast cancer. So now she's going to be going through that ordeal. So tell us, um, perhaps, you know, Jennifer, this might be a question for you as well as Dr. Sharma. Where are we, uh, generally speaking, when it comes to the diagnosis, research, and even treatment for breast cancer? Dr. Sharma, do you want to take that as a medical question? Uh, yes, I would take that. We mm -hmm. have come a long way. Earlier, the diagnosis used to be a long drawn process, but with advanced technology available to us, we can diagnose it within a couple of days. As long as the patient comes to the hospital, we immediately, we can do an ultrasound, we can do an ultrasound guided biopsy, and we can get the results within three to four days. Even wow. after sending it from here to Miami also, we can get mm -hmm. it within three to four days. So diagnosis is not the problem. The problem is the person coming forward. Initially, the patient is very hesitant to even tell herself that there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. So most important is to be aware that something is there and come forward, come to the hospital, come to the medical professional and seek help or seek some advice. That is more important than the medical this thing. Treatment mm -hmm. also, treatment wise also, we have advanced a lot. We've got all the treatment modalities available in the Cayman Islands. We are not lacking of anything. Everything is available here. Only thing is one has to be aware and then come forward. Mm -hmm. That's more important. <clears throat> right. And so, of course, um, based on what you have shared, you know, um, examinations, both self-examinations and regular uh, mammograms are really, really important then because, you know, like you said, diagnosis isn't the issue, but a lot of women still are hesitant to um, check themselves or to go in and do their annual examinations. Let's talk about, um, Jennifer, how incredibly important those things are. Yeah, um, you know, there is really no reason for any woman in this country to not get her mammogram. Mm -hmm. They, they're, For over 25 years, uh, nonprofit groups in this community have been doing a great job, starting with the, the Lions Club of Tropical Gardens, um, to tell everyone how important it is to get a mammogram. Mm -hmm. And back in the old days, mammograms could be kind of painful. They were they would they would squash you. Um, but these days, the new mammogram machines are virtually pain-free. The one that we have at Health City is a state-of-the-art general electric machine. It's called the Pristina. Mm -hmm. Even if you're someone who has uh, breast implants, you can get a mammogram there. It's, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but it's not going to hurt. And uh, the technicians who are at Health City are going to treat you very gently. You get your mammogram. And then after that, the radiologist reads it. And you're going to get your results right away. And I guarantee once you get the everything looks good, you're going to sleep a whole lot better. The fear mm. leading up to getting any kind of medical test is, is usually worse than actually getting the information afterwards. So you get your mammogram within 48 hours, you get your results, and then you can go on with your life. Women ask me all the time, how is it that I can remember to get my mammogram? And you know, there's lots of different ways. You, you do it in, um, in honor of a friend who, um, who battled breast cancer, 
and you and the super supporters, you know, the other three of you who supported one friend through breast cancer, you decide, you know what, we're going to do this as a group. And, and this is how we're going to do this. We're going to make a day of it. We're going to have lunch. We're going to get our mammograms all at the same time. Or you do it on your birthday so that you remember to do something nice for yourself. Or you do it at the same time every year. You uh, you pick a particular day and you go, this is the day I'm going to get my mammogram. And it isn't something that you, sh it shouldn't be something that you dread. It should be something that mm -hmm. you, you look forward to getting the information to make, to about making sure that you are healthy. <clears throat> you know, not every kind of cancer has a screening test. We're fortunate that mammograms are a great screening test for breast cancer. So we should take advantage of these and mm. you can get them, you can get them easily. And at Health City, there's even lots of opportunities for good deals. Wow. And we're going to talk about some of those deals here in just a second, um, Shamari, because, you know, cost should never be um, prohibitive in the way that it, it prevents someone from taking preventative measures to take care of themselves. And I think that that's just so incredibly important. So I love that, especially on this program, we get to hear about, you know, different specials that Health City is having, uh, making it extremely affordable. Even if you don't have health insurance, um, there are options that are available to you that are very, very cost-effective. Um, and I know that there's also some NPOs that will step up to the plate and assist you with getting it done if you really need to get it done. So folks, don't ever um, let cost stop you from, you know, finding out what's going going on with your health because it really can be a matter of, of life and death. So proper screening is really important. Can we talk a little bit about, um, you know, the screening programs that are available? In, obviously, for the month of October, we're going to go ahead and focus on breast, can breast cancer awareness. But when I came in recently, Shamari, to do my um, entire executive checkup, which included the women's package, there were other really important components to I mean, the whole thing was really about screening. And of course, you know, for, even for myself, it's it's highlighted a couple areas that I really need to try to get ahead of now in terms of my um, overall health and then very, very specific things that I need to be focusing on. So, you know, why why does Health City um, Shamari promote um, screening? Because a lot of people think, oh, you just want to treat people and perform surgeries and that there's money in that end of it. And there's no money in preventative care. But what do you say to people when they when they make that kind of statement to you? Um, well, that's 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 actually interesting because if it was about um, finances and resources, then you know, as as morbid as it sounds, then you would want to catch things later um, mm -hmm. when it's more expensive. Actually, what we're mm -hmm. doing is because we're here within the community and we're here to heal and we're here to do the right thing. And as you would know, um, our founder, Dr. Debbie Shetty, always says a solution is not a solution if it isn't affordable. That's mm -hmm. why everything we do, we try and make it within the reach of the common person as well across um, the, the society. And looking at the fact that in the Cayman Islands, um, depending on the disease profile, at times we're seeing cancers at stage three, stage four. Mm -hmm. And we all know stage one is when it's in the early progression and if you catch it early then you mm -hmm. have a much better opportunity of either a longer life and or um, eradicating the cancer altogether and mm -hmm. therefore what we're doing as health city is actually throughout the year we're going to have different cancer screenings that not only are we going to be doing it at health city we're actually going to be doing it in the community so within your reach we're coming to you 
to make sure that it's as easy as possible for you to get these cancer screenings. And the reason we're mm -hmm. doing it is so that if we do catch something, we can deal with it very quickly so your quality of life will be better. Um, the probability of you actually getting rid of the cancer will be better, as well as it's going to be less costly to you, less costly to your family, and the value that we can bring to the community, because we have all these capabilities, is a holistic um, circle. You know that we're going mm -hmm. to have our inclusive radiotherapy center that's going to have virtually every modality of cancer care there however mm -hmm. our goal is actually to not be not to actually use it right our goal is to actually one day hopefully right in the future that we look at all of the machines and all the technology and you say you know what why do we even have this because there isn't mm -hmm. cancer in the cayman islands if we're able to catch everything early and treat it then you may not even need radiotherapy. And that's why we have Dr. Rashmi here with us as well. Um, Dr. Rashmi has over 20 years of experience in her area. She's actually the only resident um, breast surgeon that also deals with cancer as well. Um, and as you know, Sandy, we always look to, as we move forward, to fill more and more gaps and to bring persons from the A-team, as we would call mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. to be able to one stay here in the cayman islands to give the cayman islands population the best medical service possible and dr ashby is one major component of that team we're putting together from an oncology perspective so when we actually do open and we are hoping that we're going to be able to give you a christmas present but everybody knows now oh. with supply chain it yes. may be early it may be a new year's um present it may be january mm -hmm but we're still aiming to try and get it open in December. You would see the building going up. And remember, it was in two Absolutely. different phases. The first building is um, radiotherapy. So there would be no reason for anybody, um, only a small percentage, to ever need to leave Ireland again. We're covering mm -hmm. the full spectrum of oncology. And that's why we also brought in Jen, who is very well known within the community and has spent mm -hmm. many, many years in the nonprofit world. And our ethos actually lined up in regards to the patient at the center and wanting to help as much as possible. And that's why we were very happy and pleased to be able, after all those years, to get Aww. Jen to, to join our team as well. And we just look forward to filling all the gaps in the Cayman Islands in the, in the future. Yeah, this is fantastic. And, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, having qualified personnel, on island, I was just reflecting on, you know, when I did my screenings, there was something that came up that needed uh, additional um, testing. And it, ironically, it wasn't really so much an area that I thought would have been one that I needed to be concerned about it, but it just goes to show you the importance of doing these screenings because you just never know. And having someone who's knowledgeable, um, who, you know, is confident in, in their artistry, as I like to call it, because I think physicians you know, our artists in, in many, many ways, um, the knowledge base that they bring to the table and just, you know, being able to deal with um, patients so incredibly just calm and confident and, you know, 
telling them what the steps are going to be, because there's always this sort of unknown factor when you're dealing with a a possible diagnosis that already your mind starts to race way ahead of where it needs to go. And I remember um, Dr. Pooja saying to me, you know, we're not even going to think about that stage yet because we're not there. These are the steps and this is what we need to do. We'll do a, you know, um, a localized biopsy. Then we'll see where we go from there. Only a small percentage of cases will require us going further. And thankfully, in this instance, there was no need to go any further. But it was just really nice to have that reassurance, um, have someone who could explain the process to you, could kind of even give you statistically, you know, what's the likelihood of this being something of further concern and just fully explaining uh, the process. So I think that people having people like Dr. Sharma and Jennifer Weber on board is so incredibly important to offer your patients that, you know, real support. Um, There's nothing worse than a a physician who's extremely knowledgeable, but doesn't know how to convey information, you know, who doesn't know how to communicate well, or doesn't have that really good rapport um, with patients. Because I can tell you, especially when it comes to um, you know, women and, and women-related issues. A lot of times, we're very uncomfortable still talking about our breasts. We're still uncomfortable talking about, you know, our uterus and you know, our cervix and all these sorts of things. Um, you know, I had to joke recently when I was doing an exam at Health City, and um, they had the little—I don't know what the scope is called, but it's the the camera scope. <laughs> whatever it's called. And I jokingly said to Dr. Pooja, I said, there you go. You know, the first time I've seen my my women parts in, in full color, quite like that. So, you know, we had a little moment of, of chuckling, but it's it's really about um, having that, that team of support, um, the medical personnel that I think is so incredibly important. So let's talk about the criteria then uh, for screening, because obviously we always hear revisions on where we should be depending on your age and the technology as it advances. You know, what is the current um, recommendations when it comes to breast cancer screening? Yes, screening mammography is the best instrument available for breast cancer screening. Mm-hmm. So a mammogram has to be done. Now, what, what, which at what age would you start screening? According to the American Cancer Society guidelines, any woman above age of 45 should have a mammogram every year up till the age of 54 years. After 54 years, maybe they, you can do it every two years. Between 40 and 45, a woman should be given the choice to get a mammogram. If she wants, she should have a mammogram. But there is no hard and fast that you should have it. But above 45, a woman should have a mammogram every year. Mm-hmm. Now, coming to less than the age of 40 years, usually we don't advise a mammogram for a woman less than 40 years unless there's a very strong family history. If mm-hmm. there's a strong family history, we would do a mammogram. But the best modality for a woman less than 40 years is to get an ultrasound done first. Because what happens uh, when a woman is less than 40 years, her breast is very dense and a mammogram is more likely to miss something rather than help us. So we would do an ultrasound. If we find anything abnormal, we would go ahead and do a mammogram also. Mm-hmm. But from the age of 45, a woman should should get a mammogram done up till the age of 54. After that, maybe every two years. 
but a mammogram is the best instrument we have to detect anything abnormal which we may not be able to even palpate a doctor or you yourself will not be able to feel anything which a mammogram can pick up so mammogram mm. is is something we must do mm. very interesting and of course as you have rightfully said i think a, a woman needs to know her family history um you know anytime i go into a consult with a physician they always ask you about family history um your parents your grandparents siblings and when it comes to breast cancer what specifically are you looking at for family history what side of the family is most important to know if there's a history of breast cancer occurrence Uh, two things are important one mm-hmm. is family history all all family whether it's father's side or mother's side but mm-hmm. usually it's more on the mother's side like your mm-hmm. sibling sister your mother your mother's sister or your grandmother second right. at what age was she detected if she was detected at a younger age there are more possibility that mm-hmm. you may be uh, associated with it secondly mm-hmm. is a history of ovarian cancer ovarian mm-hmm. cancer is also important Uh, uh to deal when we are thinking of breast cancer because these two occur almost together like the braca gene braca 1 and braca 2 gene are mm-hmm. more important both for breast cancer and ovarian cancer so mm-hmm. even if you have a family history of ovarian cancer and no breast cancer you still must give this history to your physician so mm-hmm. that they will decide they will decide what risk you fall which category do you fall under and how often should you get your screening mammograms done whether mm-hmm. you should do some other test testing also like the braca testing or some other gene testing or whether an mri is required that all depends on your risk assessment which the doctor does according to your family history mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. Yeah and I mean some people may know um that breast cancer awareness is a particular interest to me um because there is a bit of a family history there. So when I was in my um early 20s I was still in university at USF I discovered that um my eldest sister was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. And ironically at the same time um you know I was doing just sort of um regular exams in the US and a lump was discovered. uh in one of my breasts of course it was like oh my gosh this is a scary moment she was um relatively young uh below the 40 um age and so i i was like shocked for her diagnosis as well as shocked for what that potentially uh, meant for me luckily in my instance um you know the the lump was removed and it was you know completely fine but it was the size of a golf ball and so it was really shocking it was like oh my god what is this and you mentioned that the younger women in particular have very dense uh breasts and sometimes you can have what's called fibrocystic breasts as well so just because a woman discovers a lump doesn't necessarily mean that it's cancerous you know obviously you want to have a professional tell you uh go through the respective testing in this case because of the size of it it wasn't something that they could extract um anything from they actually had to do a lumpectomy and, and remove it so young people um don't take it for granted that you um should not do self breast exams and if you have a family history then this is definitely something that you want to be very very cognizant of and do screening mm-hmm. earlier so in my case can we talk a little bit about the braca testing do you guys do that here on island i actually had it done many years before health say he was around but 
because of this diagnosis and potential family history, I decided to see if this was something that genetically we were predisposed to. Thankfully, um, it turned out that there was no genetic predisposition. But how important is, is a genetic element versus just your normal risk? And we can talk about some of the risk factors here in a second. But um, is it important to do that if you have one or two women in your family that have been diagnosed with breast cancer? Would you recommend them having the uh, the BRCA um, genetic testing. Dr. Rashmi, yes. let me mention something. You asked historically if there's a, if it's ever been done in the Cayman Islands, and Sandra, mm -hmm. I can speak to that briefly. In 2013, and again in 2015, um, we did have two rounds of BRCA gene testing done mm -hmm. in the Cayman Islands. And for those who are listening, BRCA, it's B-R-C-A. That's mm -hmm. BRCA. Sometimes people hear this and they say, why do they think that in the BRAC we have so much more breast cancer? The BR stands for breast and the CR stands for cancer. Mm -hmm. And there are two tests. It's the B, it's the BRCA1 and BRCA2 test. And what that mm -hmm. means is there are gene mutations that are called the BRCA1 and BRCA2 mutations. Mm -hmm. And if you are found to be somebody who has this particular mutation, it increases your chances of developing breast cancer and uh, and ovarian cancer. So back in 2013, we had a group from Florida come down to uh, the Cayman Islands and they were looking for, for patients, women who met this particular criteria, mm -hmm. who had already had breast cancer or ovarian cancer to be tested. And people might think that's strange that, well, if they already had it, don't they know that they have that gene mutation? No. Mm -hmm. if, they, if they have already had breast or ovarian cancer, then they were tested to see if the reason they had that was because mm -hmm. of the gene mutation. And interestingly, when we did that test in the Cayman Islands, the results came back that I think we only had one or two women in the mm. Cayman Islands who had the BRCA gene mutation. Wow. Now, those, those results are completely different than the results they had in the Bahamas, mm -hmm. where they found a very large percentage of women who had that BRCA gene. So uh, I'll let Dr. Rashmi talk about that more, but that's the result that came specifically from our community. That's and interesting. That's, and it's good news. Yes. Some of some of med medicine is figuring out what it is, and some of the re some of medicine is figuring out what it isn't. Right. Right. And, so and of course, yeah. I mean that that I think that that's so interesting that you've said that because uh, in a lot of populations, it's anywhere from five to ten percent. Uh, breast cancer cases are believed to be hereditary. And that's why knowing, like, as you rightfully said, if it is or isn't can be really, really important for an entire community. Right. And since the time that we did those tests, there are, uh, you know, medicine's always improving, right? And so there's, there are some new levels of tests that were done on those samples that were taken in 2013 and 2015. Mm -hmm. They were able to do some more tests and figure out some more things for those patients that actually benefited those patients that they knew, okay, well, you're not at high risk for this, but you might be at high risk for that. So you should have this particular test, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Rashmi, what, what are we doing here in terms of that? Yes. See, testing BRCA1 and 2 is a simple test. It's a simple blood test. You give a blood mm -hmm. sample and you're tested. 
But mm-hmm. these days we are having a multi-gene panel. We are testing lot of other genes which makes you more susceptible to other forms of cancer like the pancreatic cancer or the prostate cancer or lung cancer. Mm-hmm. We are testing. So if mm. families have a history of one or two cancers, then those families are tested for this multi-gene panel, which we call it. So then we know that the family should be tested for some other uh, cancers also, like maybe a chest X-ray, maybe a CT of the chest. The prostate examination has to be done. So these mm-hmm. tests are simple tests, but before doing this test, we have to have a psychological the person before doing these multi-gene panel tests. Mm. How, how ready are they to accept that the family is having these? Because mm-hmm. uh, genetic is only about 5 to 10%. Not right. all cancers have a genetic predisposition. So mm-hmm. just subjecting a family to all these tests before having a psychological assessment is not the right thing. We should first yes. have a counseling and then do the test. Yes. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, I don't think I had any sort of psychological test done before I did my my BRCA um, test, but I can definitely see what you mean because, my gosh, uh, normally if you have a genetic predisposition, there's nothing you can really, or you think that there's nothing that you can do um, to change that. Well, you can't change the genes necessarily, but you can certainly make a lot of lifestyle changes, which we'll talk about here in a minute. And um, quite frankly, a lot of the other factors um, increase your chances of getting breast cancer, perhaps even more than the genetic um, susceptibility. So you've got to be very, very careful how you interpret and how you look at this information. So uh, just a little fact, a fun fact here for you is that everyone actually has the two genes in normal cells. Um, They assist with the making of proteins to repair damaged DNA. But once mutated, they result in an accumulation of DNA, which can lead to abnormal cell-grown cancer and cancer. And of course, roughly about one in 400 women are at risk, at the highest risk of breast cancer because of carrying this particular, either the BRCA1 or the BRCA2 gene. So um, all women and even men, I mean, we must not leave out men when it comes to breast cancer, are at risk of developing breast cancer in their lifetime but you know this particular gene can uh, change your situation a little bit. So it's it's helpful information if you have a family history. Do you recommend people who don't have a family history getting tested for this? Usually, if it's an, uh, you don't have a family history, we do not test unless mm-hmm. a person who's been diagnosed is very young or mm-hmm. has a type of cancer which is called the triple negative. Then mm-hmm. we would go ahead and do this testing. Very young patient or a triple negative cancer, we test the BRCA gene routinely. Right. And what does and triple negative mean? Yes, I didn't want Triple negative means we normally, when we do a biopsy, we do a immunohistochemistry on the sample, which tests for receptors. These receptors mm. are estrogen receptors, progesterone receptors, and something called a HER2 receptor. If all these three are negative, then we go ahead and do the BRCA gene testing also because mm-hmm. there's more chance of being a BRCA positive with the mm-hmm. triple negative cancers. I see. Then we have another form of treatment available to us. Once we diagnose that it's BRCA gene, then we know which uh, uh, treatment we should be following and how we should be treating the patient. Mm-hmm. 
I have to jump wow. in and say yes. that ha having talked about the BRCA gene test, mm -hmm. my, my phone now is going bing, bing, bing oh with, my goodness. with ladies who are saying, oh, I remember I had that test and remember mine came back and I didn't have the BRCA gene mutation. Yes. Um, so for the ladies who are messaging me right now, remembering those BRCA gene tests, that's right. Listen to Dr. What Dr. Rashmi is saying mm -hmm. that um, maybe, maybe your family had breast cancer. Yes. But you, t if you tested no for the BRCA gene mutation, it just means that you didn't happen to be a person who carried that gene mutation. That's not the reason why. There are mm -hmm. plenty of other reasons why you might have had breast cancer, but mm -hmm. you are not somebody who has that particular gene mutation. Mm -hmm. And for those people who are enjoying talking, listening to Dr. Rashmi, who's great, so personable, so easy to understand, uh, I want your listeners to know that there's a chance, a free chance to hear Dr. Rashmi talk this week. So on, mm. uh, on Thursday, she's going to be in East End doing a free awareness meeting with the Lions Club of Tropical Gardens oh, at wonderful. the United Church Hall. It starts at seven o'clock at night. So come, mm -hmm. it's free. And we're even providing dinner, you should know. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> so come for the information, stay for the dinner. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then on the 12th uh, in Northside, Dr. Rashmi will be the key speaker at another free community event. We're going to be at the William Pucci Memorial Church Hall, um, and it starts at 7 o'clock. Again, it's free, no reservation necessary. Come, you can hear Dr. Rashmi talk, and Dr. Vanitha, our uh, head oncologist, is going to be there as well. Mm -hmm. So if you have particular questions or you want to have a chit-chat and say, you know what, I didn't understand what you said about triple negative, this or that, um, you can stick around afterwards and you can talk to Dr. Rashmi or Dr. Vanitha and get your personal questions uh, answered as well. So remember that those are uh, events that are being um, put on by the Lions Club of Tropical Gardens, October 5th, which is this Wednesday, and next mm -hmm. Wednesday, October 12th. The 5th is in East End and the 12th is in Northside. And of course, we know that the Lions Club of Tropical Gardens every single year has an amazing um, campaign in the month of October where they really, you know, um, try to educate the public as much as possible about breast cancer um, awareness. Um, they've got an entire calendar, which I'm just trying to locate here to put up on the screen for people to see of events uh, that you can get involved in. And for, you know, they've been doing this for as long as I can remember. So hats off to um, all of the ladies and gentlemen that work as part of that organization to really bring awareness because I think for um, the month of October, you know, it's not that you forget about breast cancer the rest of the year, but this is definitely the month to uh, highlight this cause, to give it a lot of attention, to educate people. So whenever you hear about these talks, um, whether it's, you know, Dr. Sharma or others who are working in conjunction with the Lions Club of Tropical Gardens, please, folks, go out and support it. I mean, this is really wonderful educational um, information. Many, many years ago, I went to one, and one of the things that I can't remember who the guest speaker was, that one of the things that they said that kind of really surprised me is they made mention of the fact that by the time a cancer cell is discoverable by any of the available technology, it has probably been there um, for an average of 10 years. Can we talk a little bit about, is that still the case? Um, I know obviously, you know, this is probably 15, 20 years ago, has technology advanced where it probably hasn't been there that long? Or um, is it something that is so incredibly minute that even the best you know, mammography machines still don't catch it um, because it's, you know, so incredibly small. It's like DNA size, I suppose. 
Yes, most mammography machines do catch up a very small cancers which we are not able to feel. But I would right. not say 10 years, maybe six to nine months would be an average period where okay. it would have been there for the mammography machine to catch it. Because mm -hmm. we can catch almost less than a less than about four millimeter cancers also we can pick up on the mammogram. Okay. So right. we, we have advanced a lot and with 3D machines, mm -hmm. it's become even much more better. So yes, and we have the 3D machine. So please take advantage of our uh, latest machine. Come for the mammogram. Be proactive. Mm -hmm. Get the mammogram done. Not not just this month. We are open 24 by 7 into 365. We are doing mm -hmm. mammogram every day of the year. Yes, and, wonderful. And when, when doctors say it's 3D, sometimes uh, people also use a word, a long word called tomeosynthesis. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the same thing. The so, same. Um, yeah, so when people say that just the hottest, latest, newest um, ma uh, mammography equipment have mm -hmm. tomeosynthesis or 3D capability, which means that uh, the, they, the radiologist can see everything even more clearly. And here's a fun fact for you. At Health mm -hmm. City, we also have an ultrasound machine that is brand new, super cool, that has artificial intelligence. So the, the, the ultrasound machine um, can tell when, you know, when a technician is um, rolling over the breast to make sure that they're seeing the entire breast, um, the machine can tell them if they missed a spot. So you can rest assured that every single space on your breast has been checked. So nothing's going to be missed. Um, and the machine can save that image so that it can be compared over time. These are things that I thought were super cool. You know, I know all about what's going on in breast cancer these days, but when I saw this new machine come in, I was like, wow, artificial intelligence. So, you know, uh, the, those two types of, of machines or equipment see different things. And so, um, you know, depending on what the doctor is looking for, sometimes they recommend both, sometimes they recommend one or the, or the other, but they're both state of the art and they're just across the hall from each other. Everything under, not only under one roof, but right in the same hallway. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. No, this is, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a firm believer in technology really advancing our lives, even from the perspective, um, you know, definitely from the perspective of medical advances. So this is absolutely wonderful. Now tell us a little bit about the radiotherapy center that is being um, built at Kimana Bay. Shamari and Dr. Asharma yes. and even Jennifer, what, what, how will that assist uh, patients and what do we have to look forward to? So before we jump into that, um, Sandy, mm -hmm. just want to make sure um, as we're getting deep in the program that persons know for the month of October, we'll be offering yes. mammograms for 150 US um, mm -hmm. with a consultation if there is a reading that determines that there needs to be a consultation with one of our specialists. Mm -hmm. um, so just want to make sure everybody knows that for US 150 mm -hmm. in the month of October, you'll be able to come in and get the mammogram with a consultation um, based on on what the reading states. And if the reading is is normal, then you know, you'll get a note as well. Just explain that was normal. So there's no need, obviously, mm -hmm. for a consultation with with a specialist. Um, so just wanted to to get that out there as well. 
Um, and Sandy, if you can help us throughout the month, just reminding people that Absolutely. they can get the health city for the 150 US in order to get that mammogram, that, that will be great. as Definitely. And we do have a caller who is yes. on the program this morning who has a question. So good morning, oh. caller, and welcome to the program. Morning. Um, what size tumor can a high resolution MRI detect? Down to what the smaller size? Uh, maybe about two to four millimeters also. Mm-hmm. Two, the same as the uh, the mammogram. Yes. Yes. So there's no advantage to getting an no. MRI. We usually don't do an MRI for all patients. Only patients who we think there could be multifocal tumors which are not picked up or we are planning to do a breast conservation surgery, we don't want to miss out any other tumors, then we do an MRI. Not all patients with breast cancer require an MRI. MRIs are done only for a select few where there is a doubt, where there's a family history that uh, there were multifocal tumors or we are thinking of some... Uh, some other abnormalities, then we do an MRI. But all patients do not require an MRI, and a mammogram is all that is required for most of the patients. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. All right, so there you have it. Thank you so much, Danny, for that question. Uh, don't forget, folks, if you have a question for um, our experts this morning, 9362626 is the telephone number. Again, that's 936-BOBO. Don't be shy. Good morning to Ms. Joy. Good morning to Alice. I see Ms. Morna is here and K-Man Detailing is also here. Um, I know that you guys really enjoy these segments because you always tell me afterwards, like, oh my gosh, it was so educational. I enjoyed it. And I think there's an element of being a little bit shy when it comes to um, asking medical questions. But folks, we're amongst friends and experts here who get all sorts of questions all the time. So if something's on your mind, um, don't be shy about it. Can we talk a little bit about, because this has come up in the past, um, the fact that men also need to be aware um, of breast cancer, not just for their wives or daughters or sisters or their moms, but for themselves as well. I can tell you that in the Cayman Islands, uh, sadly, we have had two men in the last 12 years or so who passed away from breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it, it was kind of a joke 10, 15 years ago, um, calling a mammogram a manogram and laughing. But mm-hmm. no, it's, it's true. Um, you know, anywhere we have cells or tissue in our body, we can get cancer and it's no different for, for men. So um, yeah, it's possible for men to get breast cancer. It's not as common. But uh, generally speaking, if there if you feel something or you're having you're having some issue, then you need to go um, check with your doctor. And this is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why um, annual exams uh, are so important to get sort of a head to toe check over with the doctor. Yes. And what should men be looking for? I mean, obviously, men don't necessarily have the same you know, monthly hormonal changes as a woman, but should they be doing um, breast exams, like self-exams at home? Like, how do you find it in a man? How is it discovered? The symptoms of breast cancer are almost similar in a man or a woman. Because Mm -hmm. a man doesn't have a large breast, it's just the chest wall. It's, Mm -hmm. in fact, a little easier for them if they are very careful, if they are aware of what they are looking for. They should be looking for maybe a lump chest wall Mm -hmm. or any kind of a nipple abnormality or Mm -hmm. a discharge from the nipple or some dimpling or puckering of the chest uh, skin area. These are the symptoms which are happen in the woman also. 
and a man also. But because of the large breast, some lumps are not palpable in a woman. But in mm. a man, if a man is aware, he should be able to feel any small lumps in his chest wall. Right. So only wow. the only thing is one has to be aware. You should mm -hmm. be aware what your normal is, and then you'll be able to pick up anything abnormal that happens in your body. Absolutely. Um, does it matter for men the size of the breast? Can we talk about some sort of myths or misinformation that is out there? So does breast size matter for men and or women? No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. A small breasted woman can also have a lump in the breast. But the mm -hmm. important thing is that not, not all breast lumps are cancerous. Right. So even if you have discovered a lump, you should not be scared. You should come to the doctor, let them examine, let them test it, and then only think it's cancer. Because mm -hmm. out of the 10 lumps we see, only about two would be cancerous. Eight out of those 10 would be non-cancerous. So don't be scared that if you have detected a lump, it is definitely going to be cancer. No, it will not be cancer most of the times, eight out of 10 times. Mm -hmm. But first come to the doctor, get, get to the hospital, get yourself tested, and then think of the worst. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Yes. Here's another myth. A mammogram can cause breast cancer to spread. No, this, this is definitely a myth. A mm -hmm. mammogram does not cause any cancer to spread. In fact, a mammogram will pick up something which is not even palpable. Mm -hmm. So uh, nothing will, nothing external will cause anything, any cancer to spread. So a mammogram is in fact, going to detect something which you may not be able to feel it. So this is definitely 100% a myth. Another popular myth, um, antiperspirants and deodorants cause breast cancer. No, this is also a myth. There have been studies which have been done and none of them have been able to prove that deodorants or antiperspirants cause any cancer. Mm -hmm. This is a myth here. Yeah. All right, folks. So, other, yeah. other myths are... A uh -huh. tight bra, no, tight bra also will not cause anything, uh, uh, any breast cancer, mm -hmm. a, small bra, a small breast or large breast, nothing of these affect your chances of getting a breast cancer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more of a, a, a some environmental factors or some genetic factors which have caused a cell to mutate in some way and that cell then suddenly starts to grow. That is what causes cancer. It's mm -hmm. not any of these external things which will cause cancer. Yes. All right, folks. So again, um, the month of October is Breast Cancer Awareness. Um, Health City is offering um, a special $150 US for a mammography with a consultation um, if required. So Elaine has a question in relation to the special. She says, will you get a copy of the mammogram report for your private doctor or records for the 150 Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it can. It, the the report can be sent directly to you, and it can be sent directly to your doctor. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that sounds wonderful. All right. Any other questions? Feel free to give us a call or shoot us a quick message. So let's have a look here, folks, at just a couple other um, myths. So here's another one that has um, come up. It says breast cancer awareness. Uh, essential steps to prevent breast cancer. So take part and these are some preventative things that we can certainly do to help um, our chances of um, not, you know, getting breast cancer because these are things that they know that there's some sort of ca causation, not necessarily causation, but some sort of link. Um, so take part in regular physical activity. So why is physical activity um, so important? Uh, 
Yes, physical activity is important because if you keep your BMI less than 25, you have less of those fat cells which produce estrogen. And estrogen is known to cause, it, it, it is a cause of breast cancer proliferation. So if your fat cells are in a limit, mm -hmm. if your BMI is less than 25, if you are doing regular exercises, at least 20 minutes to half an hour, five days a week, your BMI is going to definitely be less than 25. You will have less of those fat cells producing estrogen. So the estrogen dependent cancers will definitely be less. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, this is linked to the gain or retain a healthy uh, weight. So weight does matter. Weight does matter. Mm -hmm. Weight does matter. Exercise does matter. Even uh, uh, moderating your alcohol intake, uh, your smoking, mm -hmm. all this diet, eating less of uh, oily stuff, less of red meat, all these matters because finally your in internal milieu is important in making you more susceptible to getting uh, any kind of cancers. Mm -hmm. um, if I've never had children, I can't get, get breast cancer. Obviously, that's not true. That's not true, but there's a little higher susceptibility for people who have uh, had uh, pregnancies later, much later in life, or who have not had conceived or had biological children, there's slightly increased risk, but this in, uh, risk is quite low. Mm -hmm. hmm. All right. And alcohol increases the risk of breast cancer. So um, what is what is the safe amount of, of alcohol that you can drink? I, I know I've got a lot of friends and so on who love to have a drink. Um, so what, what's the recommendation, um, not just for breast uh, cancer, I suppose, but overall health? For any other cancer, maybe one or two drinks three, three times a week is what we would recommend, not more than that. Not more than that. Yeah. Huh, okay. And of course, there are different types of um, breast cancer as well. So, you know, if a woman is doing her regular um, self-examinations, what are some of the things that she should be looking at um, when she is doing that? Yes, if you are examining your breast, which all of all women should at least once a month mm -hmm. and women uh, who are menstruating should be doing it a week after your periods are over mm -hmm. and women who have crossed them, uh, who have attained menopause should just fix a day in the month and get them again and check their breasts, maybe in front of a mirror, maybe in the washroom, maybe lying mm -hmm. down but every month they should make it a routine and check themselves. Mm -hmm. And what they should check for is any abnormal. See, once you start checking yourself every month, you will know what your normal is. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. anything abnormal which you see on that month, you'll be able to report to your doctor. And what are these abnormal things? It could be any skin change. It could be any lump which you have felt, or it could be some nipple discharge, mm -hmm. or it could be a lump in your armpit or it could be just plain itching around your nipple and your areola. Mm -hmm. These are the signs which you should be able to pick up. Or some women come with a uh, thing of my one breast feels a little bigger than the uh, other one. So these are mm -hmm. things which you should pick up and report to your doctor. Maybe mm -hmm. there is nothing inside, but if you report and the doctor checks and does some tests, they'll be able to reassure you that there is nothing or if there is anything they'll test it and find out whether it's anything which you should not be worried about or something which we should be worried about and take it further mm -hmm. all right wonderful 
So um, again, folks, just some general tips and guidelines here um, from the expert at Cayman Islands um, Health City, telling us a bit about breast cancer awareness and screening options, as well as um, treatment options. So can we talk a bit then about treatment? So say, you know, you get this um, diagnosis, which no person ever wants to get, but you know, it happens. Uh, what are the treatment options that are now available to you? And does it matter sort of what age you are, what treatments could potentially, and I know it'd be an individualized situation, but what treatments could be um, available to you depending on your age? See, the most important thing I would say is no two cancers are the same. So mm -hmm. sometimes women compare themselves that she got this before and mm -hmm. she got this after. Never compare yourself because your cancer may be different from some other friend mm -hmm. or some other relative of yours who got. Once mm -hmm. we've decided what type of cancer, it also depends on the biology of the cancer, whether it's hormone positive, whether it's hormone negative, all that we will, mm -hmm. the doctors let them decide. Yes. But the main thing which I want to there are multi it's a multi-modality treatment. We don't have just one single modality to treat breast cancer. We have surgery, we have radiotherapy, we have chemotherapy, we have hormone therapy, and we have some other targeted therapies like immunotherapy and other uh, uh, drugs which are available, the newer drugs. So the which cancer will respond to what type of treatment will depend on what we have found on the biopsy. Mm -hmm. If it is triple negative, we usually start with the chemotherapy, go ahead and do the surgery. And then maybe depending <coughs> on what surgery you do, you may or may not require radiotherapy. Mm -hmm. But if it's a hormone positive tumor, then we may have to add the hormone therapy after the treatment is over. Some patients, we do the surgery before anything else. Some people, we do the chemotherapy before the surgery. So mm -hmm. it all depends. We have this multidisciplinary uh, team which sits once a week in our hospital and we decide what form of treatment we are going to offer to this patient depending on her age, her biology and her other factors. Mm -hmm. Only then we start the treatment. So it is not, I mean, one um, size fits all. It is individual personalized treatment that we are offering and this is offered it is according to all the work standards which are being followed world over it's not that we are doing it just here it's the standard treatment which is being prescribed the world over this is what we are doing after a multidisciplinary team meeting and then we make a plan and then that is what we give to them mm -hmm. Can I jump in and yes, say absolutely. How, how important it is for people to really hear what Dr. Rashmi just said. Mm -hmm, Everything mm -hmm. is a team approach. Everything is a multidisciplinary review. This isn't one doctor making one decision about or making the decisions about a patient. This is the group of doctors sitting in a room, looking at all the same information and having a discussion. I've been in these meetings before. And it, they, they, they go on and on, and there sometimes are, what about this? What about that? Everybody's looking at this from all sides. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you, it's reassuring. Uh, I'm not the family member, but it would be reassuring to me to know that my family was being treated that way. And with respect to the mammograms at, uh, at Health City, <coughs> excuse me, I learned another thing that's really interesting. Every mammogram at Health City, even a screening, 
is reviewed mm -hmm. by two qualified radiologists. Mm. And I'm not talking about two radiologists sitting in the same room coming to a consensus. It's two separate radiologists in two separate mm -hmm. reviewing and coming to a conclusion. So you're getting a second opinion on every single screening mammogram at mm -hmm. health as well. They're very cautious and very thorough. So that team approach is really working to catch cancers as early as possible so people can get diagnosed and treated and go on with their life. Mm -hmm. No, and I mean, that's that's extremely important to have that second pair of eyes, um, qualified eyes, looking at uh, any sort of, you know, um, test results that you need to, to potentially be concerned about. So we do have a question. Um, someone is inquiring about insurance coverage for, um, let me just see, this person says, good morning. I'm not sure if they can answer this, but why are breast exams not covered by insurance? I would have thought that they would be, but this particular person had to pay out of pocket. Is it normal, Shamari, do you know, for insurance plans and Cayman Islands to cover, um, you know, a mammography? Oh, you've, you've muted yourself. Your, your mic's on mute. Sorry. No, no. Well, see, Jen, I was about to say Jen would know this subject inside out just based on whether or not there's still um, enough insurance coverage and the such. But Jen, go, go right ahead. Yeah. So uh, so I my, my standard joke is uh, I'm bilingual. I speak insurance. Uh, so mm -hmm. when I was at the Cancer Society, this is something that by default, uh, we had to become experts in because right. uh, the people that we existed to serve and help either had no insurance or had what's called the SHIC, S-H-I-C, SHIC plans, the standard mm. health insurance coverage plans. Mm -hmm. So uh, to your caller's question, I can uh, say that, yes, every health insurance plan in the Cayman Islands, including mm -hmm. the SHIC plans, including Cineco, including everything, has what's called a wellness benefit. And that wellness benefit is at least $200. More typically, it's $500, even in the SHIC plans. Um, the, and as you have a higher level plan, you may have $500 or $700 in that plan. Um, and that actually, that wellness benefit was put in place years ago. I think it was 2013. Um, so that women could get wellness checks so they could alternate their mammogram and their pap test every other year and the wellness benefit would help pay for it. Now, the question naturally is, is that enough? And sadly, the answer is it is not enough because it doesn't cover everything, but it helps by, by contributing $200 or $250 toward the cost of those important screenings. Right. Okay. Well, hopefully that's helpful. We do have another question um, that has come in. So this is probably for Dr. Sharma. This person says, how can, can you ask your guests, how is it that you can test and be fully cleared of no detections and within a year or less you're at stage four? So um, can we talk about the development of cancer cells and how quickly um, you know, they can develop? So if you get a mammography today and you know, the recommendation is once a year, what can happen between that year where you end up testing um, at stage four in a year or less? Yeah, I would say, see, the biology of the tumor is very important. Some tumors, as I said, biology, uh, when we discuss any tumor, we do discuss the biology. And some mm -hmm. tumors are very aggressive. They have a very aggressive biology, mm -hmm. uh, which can develop 
within a year into a stage for yes but the other thing could have been the tumor would have been missed in the uh, previous mammogram that's a small possibility also mm-hmm. but biology of the tumor an aggressive tumor can can be a stage 4 in a very short span of time so that mm-hmm. is another thing but if there are her2 positive uh, hormone negative tumors are very aggressive and they can they can develop into stage 4 if not picked up early Mm-hmm. And to be clear, um, the options that you have available are not foolproof in the sense that, you know, mammogram does not pick up every single <laughs> cancer or any cancer screening, I'm sure. None of them have 100%, um, you know, rate of, yes. of success in terms of picking things up. And that's why it's a good idea to repeat, <laughs> you know, um, screening. Yes. Uh, whether it's you know once a year there's certain types of screening you might not have to do every 5 years depending on age and other sort of risk factors yes especially um, if you have dense breast there are chances that your mammogram may miss some cancers that's why whenever there is a doubt or when there is a young female we always complement with an ultrasound besides an ultrasound and a mammogram a clinical examination also sometimes help there are areas which are hidden areas which are sometimes not seen on a mammogram mammogram or have been missed due to certain positioning so a mm. clinical examination is also a, a important thing so we all we combine all these three things even after that if there is a doubt sometimes we do an mri so mm-hmm. that we don't miss anything so there are chances that um, a tumor can be missed on a mammogram but there are chances that an aggressive biology tumor was there which was not picked up and then it mm-hmm. went on to stage 4 All right. So we do have Alice. Alice is my daughter who's 17 has a lump in her breast. Can I bring her there and how much is the cost? Yes, you can definitely bring her there. uh the cost i i would i mean a consultation is what i think it would cost and maybe mm-hmm. she may require an ultrasound of her breast because she's very young so a mammogram is not what i would be advising for her but let us first test her whether she needs an ultrasound okay so take her in miss alice um give both yourself and her um you know a bit of peace of mind and i'm sure there are people who listen who are thinking oh but she's only 17 years old certainly she has nothing to worry about but children um you know can get breast cancers as well as other types of cancers so anything that is is flagging itself um the important thing just on friday i was telling you guys that i was at the heart fund um awards luncheon and it was like listen to your body that's what every single person said your body will you know oftentimes give you warning signs and you need to ensure that you're listening to your body. So Perla says good morning Sandy and guests. I have a few questions. How does an ovarian cancer develop and how is it cured and does this develop while having sex? So as um you know whether you're sexually active or not, does that have anything to do with ovarian cancers? Um I know that's not specifically but it's it's a female cancer. So um what what are our thoughts there this morning? Yeah, it it does not develop after sex. That's just a myth. ovarian mm-hmm. cancers are like any other cancer a, a cell becomes autonomous it does not uh, listen to the signals which are uh, telling it to uh, a cell when it grows there is a certain process when it grows mm-hmm. and finally it it uh, it is killed by apoptosis so when an autonomous cell which is not 
uh, listening to any of the other signals that it has to die at certain age, then it becomes a cancerous sin. So any cancer, like a breast cancer or an ovarian cancer, when cells outgrow their process, when they don't listen to the signals of apoptosis and dying, then they become cancerous cells. So ovarian cancer is like any other cancer. It just starts growing, multiplying and progressively just multiplying and becoming a cancer. Mm-hmm. All right. So this person is just clarifying because I was asking them in terms of insurance coverage, what do they have? And they said they have great coverage at Brick but it seems like their wellness um, only covers so much. So it's more of a wellness allowance. And they were doing the annual pap smear, which was covered, and then um, absorbed the allowances under wellness. So it looks like um, the coverage for allowances um, for preventative under wellness just didn't, wasn't enough to cover both. So she right. had to end up paying for the breast out of pocket. There are two things to consider. Um, yes. One, you can think about your wellness benefit because it's a limited amount of money. Mm-hmm. Think about it that like if you have $5 in your hand and you're going to a restaurant and everything on the menu is $5, mm-hmm. you can't get everything. You have mm-hmm. to figure out how you're going to use that $5 that you have, right? Right. And so with the wellness benefit, likewise, you have a limited amount of money. And so you have to choose, are you going to get your teeth cleaned? Are you going to get your eyes checked? Are you going to get your mammogram? Are you going to get your pap test? Some of these plans also allow you to get annual blood work um, from your wellness benefit. And so while that seems great because it's flexible, you can use it any way you want, it still makes you choose how you're going to spend that money. So one key thing that I would tell people is that before you decide to schedule your mammogram or your pap test, call your insurance company. The number is on the back of the card and ask for some, say, hi, this, you know, I'm, I'm an insured. Uh, can I get someone, can I speak to somebody for a good mm-hmm. explanation of benefits? That's mm-hmm. key. You get to that person and you say, hi, mm-hmm. this is my name. Here's my insurance number. You say, do I have a wellness benefit? They'll say, mm-hmm. yes. You say, how much do I have on an annual basis? They'll tell you the total amount. And then this is the key question. You have mm-hmm. to say, how much do I have remaining this year? Right. Because as the consumer, you don't always know what has already been taken from that benefit. So if you ask, oh, can I get, um, can I use my wellness benefit to get a mammogram? They're going to say yes, because you can, but you don't know if you have money remaining for mm-hmm. the year. So ask them, how much do I have remaining? So you know what you have left. And if they say, oh, you have all of it. Okay, great. Can I use all of that to get a mammogram? And they'll say, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. So just um, basically confirm, you know, specifically what you have. So that's very, right. very important, folks. How so much Ms. do I have remaining? Yes, remaining. Yes. So Miss Rhonda is listening. She says, good morning, Sandra, and good morning to your guests. Uh, some good, important information. Thank you, doctor. My question is, what age do you stop taking a mammogram? So do you ever stop taking a mammogram? Like if I'm 100 yes. years old and I'm going strong? Usually we stop at maybe age of 75 or when we think the life expectancy of a woman or a man is less than 10 years uh, that they're going to live then we stop having a mammogram or if they are not mobile if they are bedridden then it's it's mm-hmm. a little impractical for them to just go for a mammogram but mm-hmm. usually till the age of 75 is what we advise that you should have a mammogram hmm. that's something i never knew thank you so much miss Rhonda, for that 
I thought I'd just keep going. So when I'm 150, I'm still going to be walking into Health City saying, hey, I'm here for my mammogram. <laughs> you're going to keep doing your self-breast checks is what you're going to do? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, folks, again, you've been listening to the wonderful um, staff over at uh, Health City as part of our Medical Rundown Tuesday segment. Today was all about uh, cancer screening and breast cancer awareness month, which is the month of October. This is an excellent opportunity for you to please go out there and make this a priority. Um, I always try to do certain exams, like either on a birthday or a specific date every single year. So I do not forget it. I think that's why, you know, having these um, months that we uh, raise awareness about different illnesses and diseases and cancers is really, really important because it is a stark reminder that this is the time to go and get it done. So maybe you don't run in this month, although you're going to miss that special for $150, but, you know, do it around a birthday, do it around an anniversary, do it, do it, just do it is the important thing. And uh, especially if you are, you know, ages 40, and up to 75, you want to make sure that you're prioritizing your uh, mammogram. So Health City has a special of US 150 um, for an anagram, mammogram for the month of October. And you can get that with a consultation with one of their specialists or nurses. Uh, if the report is normal, you'll speak to a nurse. And the turnaround time for these reports is within 48 hours, which is really quite good. Um, and I can testify to that because I recently had one and I got a call really fast. <laughs> so, um, Shamari, anything else we need to know about the special uh, for the month of October? No, no, just that um, Health City is here for you and also want to actually give you, I mean, you can always call 640-4040-info mm -hmm. at healthcity.ky um, just because that's the number that people mm -hmm. typically would would remember but for this promotion specifically mm -hmm. um, the direct number is 525-8871 that's 525-8871 okay. or you can email breastclinic at healthcity.ky however if people forget as always just go through info at, at healthcity.ky or 6404040 um, mm -hmm. and as you said in the coming months we are going to have screenings that we're carrying to the community. So we look forward to being able to actually announce those on this program. Um, when we're going to communities, what dates, mm -hmm. what type of screening, because our goal is throughout the year to try and screen for as many cancers as possible, carrying Health City mm -hmm. to the community to try and have that early detection or no detection so that persons can know that they're fine, at least for a mm -hmm. little while longer. Um, as our commitment to the community, try and keeping Cayman as healthy as possible moving forward. Beautiful. All right, folks. So again, let us thank Shamari Scott, the Chief Business Officer at Health City Cayman Islands. We also had Jennifer Weber, Operations Manager of the Oncology Program at Health City, and Dr. Rajmi Sharma, who's a surgical oncologist and oncoplastic breast surgeon. So folks, um, contact them if you have any questions. Shamari is just giving you the information. Siobhan says, thank you so much for sharing all of this information with us. And we really do appreciate uh, when our medical experts come on because I can tell you that um, a lot of people just silently sit back and listen. And sometimes they'll send me questions afterwards. And then I forward that to Shamari and others to follow up. And there's absolutely no problem with that. I know it can be a little bit intimidating when you hear all this medical information at times. And sometimes you're a little bit shy. But there's no such thing as um, a stupid question. Ask your questions of your uh, physicians. They are there for you. And they offer you um, a lot of support. And don't play Dr. Google. That's not your job. 
So um, rely on the experts like Dr. Sharma, who has, you know, decades of experience behind her belt. So she knows exactly what it is that she's doing. So Siobhan, Miss Perla, Rosie, Kayman, Emily, Amelia says, you're so great. Oh, thank you so much. Everybody's great here on this program. And let's give them a little virtual applause. <laughs> Yay! Beautiful. So thanks again for joining us. And don't forget, folks, um, that their new facility is coming. Shamari said we may even get an early Christmas gift. We'll see how that goes. But here's a little bit about the um, Caymana Bay uh, facility that's coming online. For over seven years, Health City Cayman Islands has provided life-changing and life-saving medical care for the people of the Cayman Islands at our hospital in East End. During this time, we have become an integral part of the community and now focused on connectivity and collaboration. Our vision is to make an even greater impact on the quality of healthcare for the people of our islands. In summer 2022, we will open a 70,000 square foot state-of-the-art hospital built on three acres of land at the southern end of Kamana Bay, bringing much needed specialized medical services closer to where people live, work and play. Kamana Bay, located at the heart of Seven Mile Beach, is home to schools, businesses, shops, restaurants, and entertainment. And now, Health City Kamana Bay, a $100 million world-class hospital. Health City Kamana Bay will include an advanced cancer care unit, offering bone marrow transplantation and the latest cancer treatment technology. It will contain a modern neonatal intensive care unit, emergency and critical care, purpose-designed operating rooms for surgical specialties, such as cardiology, neurology, and orthopedics, and robotic operating systems. A master plan for improved health care for the people of the Cayman Islands. Ready to meet the needs of our patients here and now, we have already established a footprint in Kamana Bay with the opening of our clinic. Offering short wait times, extended opening hours, including evenings and weekends, and the ability to see our world-class doctors closer to where our patients live and work. The clinic has bright, comfortable waiting areas and treatment rooms, friendly staff, expert care, lab services and diagnostics. Reflecting our operating philosophy of patient-centered care, Convenient access to our specialist doctors allows our patients to focus on getting better rather than getting to appointments. With our unwavering commitment to our community and the thousands of patients who trust us to care for them, we look forward to building healthier communities in a place where life unfolds, blossoms, and thrives. Welcome to Health City, Kamana Bay. All right, folks, and uh, welcome back to another segment of the Cold Hard Truth. We've got uh, so much stuff on tap for you this morning. Of course, we are um, very much keeping an eye on the accident that occurred um, in the district of Bodentown this morning. So at this particular um, stage, folks, we are, um, you know, just trying to get whatever available updates, which we'll be telling you about here in a second. So Ms. Morna says, thanks for the very important information. May God continue to bless the staff and doctors at Health City. Yes, I mean, doctors, I mean, all, listen, doctors are just amazing, um, you know, and we rely on their knowledge and expertise 
so much. And I think that oftentimes, you know, they go a little bit underappreciated at times. Um, so we definitely are grateful for them. So folks, listen, um, there is need for concern this morning. A young lady has been in an accident. Uh, we are hearing sort of conflicting words about whether or not the accident is actually a fatality. So we will, um, you know, be on the cautious side and say at this particular time that she could very well be in critical condition. Uh, we're hearing um, some discrepancy there, but this is what we're dealing with this morning. This is the accident straight into CUC light pole. Uh, we've received um, numerous photos now of the accident. The wrecker is on site, um, actually removing the, um, the vehicle as well. So there's the wrecking team. Uh, very, very sad situation. Single vehicular accident. Um, looks like, I don't know what side, it looks like that's the driver's side that is closest to the light pole, which means that obviously um, she would have endured quite a bit of injuries. I'm understanding she's about 27 years old, very young, young lady. Um, and so that's the information that we have thus far. Uh, we do have a name, but we won't be divulging that at this particular time. Uh, we will wait until um, more information is forthcoming. So if you were stuck in traffic this morning, um, now you know exactly why that is. Um, just, just unbelievable. I, I don't know, I understand that it's happened about two o'clock or so in the morning. And you know, I, I am just shocked as to as to how these things happen. I mean, uh, there's a saying that not much good happens after uh, midnight on these streets, um, folks, but you know, you just gotta, you just gotta be careful. So 8.28 AM police escorting the tow truck heading to town with the car from the accident scene. Uh, this person sent me that report. Um, so, uh, unbelievable. Um, so again, this morning we are having to, um, deal with, you know, another bit of bad news because even if she is alive, this is going to be very serious injuries. I understand that she has internal, at the very minimum, serious internal bleeding, and she is going to be needing probably quite a bit of rehabilitative, um, care. So folks, slow down. Don't drink and drive. Take your time. I mean, my goodness, there's absolutely nowhere that you need to get in a hurry that um, you are going to get there any any quicker when you are driving like this. So um, I, you know, feel so incredibly bad. And normally, young young ladies. I mean, not that we're trying to kill off our young men, because God knows uh, their possibilities. Um, are they're ending up in jail or dead because of gun violence. So we definitely don't want that for them either. But, you know, our young women tend to be mothers and they play such a critical role um, in the support of their children and families that either way, it's a very, very difficult thing to lose um, uh, young people. And um, I had someone just yesterday was saying to me that as it relates to the census, they're like, you know, there's just so, so few Caymanians left. And I said, yeah. I said, well, that's for sure. Um, I think we number about 20,000 out of the 70,000. 
and and look at this we're killing ourselves off what 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 a situation i mean it's just uh as though we do not value our lives um you know you've got to believe me you, you you've got to understand how incredibly precious life is and take your time uh folks and um you know know that you can be here in one second and gone the very next second and a lot of it has to do with the decisions uh, that we are making. So we'll pray for this young lady this morning that she survives. Um, like I said, we're getting sort of real-time updates. We already have a name. We already have a photo. We already have an age. And, um, yep. Um, now we just need to confirm her condition. So hopefully... But normally when you see them on unseen as long as they were, it's a sort of thing that it's it's not a good sign, to be quite frank and honest. Uh, beautiful young lady, but you know what? None of that matters when when you're gonna be put in a in a box, uh, in a wood wooden box. And so those are the realities, folks. Um, if you're out there uh driving and doing other things, that you've just got to be careful on the roadway. So do keep me posted to all of my, um, what I like to call roving reporters. Um, we shall know, you know, this is Cayman child. Like I always say to people, I say, listen, as a Caymanian, um, within minutes, if a Caymanian is involved in an accident, we normally know exactly who the person is if they're a Caymanian. The longer the time goes without me knowing or hearing who the individual is, who their mama is, somebody would tell me who her mama is, so-and-so from Dog City and this one and that one from Watler's Road and blah, blah, blah. That's K-Man for you. We know we know everything that's happening in the streets pretty much. But, um, you know, the longer it goes and we don't hear a name or anything, then we oftentimes will know that, um, you know, the person is not, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, it just is how it works here, is not a K-Manian, so... Uh, in this case, definitely a, a Caymanian young lady. So we shall keep you all updated. Kind of breaks my heart. Either way you slice it. Um, Aliano says, oh my gosh. Well, he used the S word. I know the car. Uh, Miss Morna says, OMG. I pray that it's not life-threatening. Anna says, oh my. Yeah, a little bit lost for words a lot of times um, when these things happen, right? So incredibly sad. What can you do? Okay, dokie. Um, we'll keep you updated. That's that's as most as I can tell you right now. So, oh yeah, yeah. All right. So let's see what else is going on. So, folks, um, two men have been arrested uh, for attempted murder in the shooting that happened on Thursday. Of course, a lot of you will remember the shooting incident because the poor dog got killed. And um, this is a lot of back and forth down Birch Tree Hill Road in the district of, um, of West Bay. Really, really sad uh, situation. You know, like I said, our young people, unfortunately, are um, killing themselves, for lack of a better terminology, because that's exactly what it is that they're doing. And yeah, it's really, really unfortunate. This young man was fortunate enough not to be killed at this particular time. Although it seems like um, they certainly were sending a message that, you know, they're out to get him one way or the other. But um, it, it is sad that our young men in particular seem to re be really, really involved in this violent life. 
Um, I, I can only tell you that families need to step up to the plate. A lot of families are willfully ignorant or they're not ignorant at all. They're more than aware of what is happening with their young men and women. And they choose to turn a blind eye and they choose to not try to hold them accountable. Well, if you're making those choices, you know that the end result for your children is going to be death or prison. It's just as simple as that. There's no other options really when you're a gangbanger and you're in that life. You've got kids who are out there selling drugs and involved in drug and gang activity. Their days are numbered. They're lucky if they go to prison actually, because that's the better option. At least they're still alive and you can go and visit them. Once they're dead, that's it, right? So what would you rather have happen? Y'all continue to pretend that your kids don't do anything and they're perfect little angels. And then when people say, no, they're involved in gang activity or whatever, you're like, no, not my child. You must remember you have a child too. It's like, yeah, but my six-year-old is not a gangbanger <laughs> or not involved in, you know, it's like to, to deflect and not accept any responsibility as parents and even as leaders in this community, we come up with some of the most ridiculous things, uh, the most ridiculous statements, right? So who's who's willing to step up to the plate? That's the question. How many of you guys are willing to step up to the plate and say, yes, I am. It's almost like you need to be in AA. Hello, my name is Diane and my son is, you know, a wannabe gangbanger. And yes, he deals in drugs and he has illegal weapons around the house. And, you know, I, I imagine it can be difficult to talk to your children, especially if you haven't done so their entire lives. Um, starting that conversation has to be incredibly difficult. But like I said, what's the alternative? Having no child at all? You know how many people in this community have lost a son, a daughter to violence and they knew that their children were involved and these types of activities, and they just ignored it. And then one day your child is dead. Then what? So, you know, and it doesn't start, I hate to tell you this, um, you know, breaking news here, which really isn't breaking news, but it doesn't start when they're 20 and 25 years old. You got to start way before then at teaching your children respect for other people, respect for the laws and respect for themselves. So yesterday I, um, was in the area of John Gray High School. So y'all know I try to avoid that, that particular part of town during um, during the three o'clock hour because hello, it's just crazy, right? What, uh, what happens because of the traffic and the school pickups and whatever. But I was dropping off um, a gift certificate for someone who actually works at John Gray that won, congratulations to her. She won on Friday, the gas voucher. So she, um, I went on, I thought that the new school, I thought that was the entrance across from the track, but apparently the entrance, the main entrance is still on the other side, um, down by the Family Life Center, right? So anyway, I um, went and I saw all the kids coming out. You know what is so interesting? I made this observation. So if you have children in private schools, You'll know that a lot of uh, Caymanians will say, oh, you know, there's no diversity in the private schools, um, meaning that most of the children look a particular way, you know, foreign children, maybe Caucasian children, whatever. And so for me, diversity is extremely important. 
Uh, I mean, I cannot stress how much so for so many different reasons. Um, but what I noticed yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon, my apologies, at three o'clock when I was there, is it goes both directions, you know? So the diversity or lack thereof in our government schools to me yesterday was very, very stark and obvious. I saw like one little Filipino kid that stood out. I saw one or two um, fairer skin Caymanians, you know, but I thought, wow, I mean, on the one hand, I guess our children are going to be raised in whatever environment, whether it's a government school like John Gray or private schools. And so that's going to be their reality, which is kind of weird because at very, very young ages, I'm telling you that children are aware of their differences. And that includes skin color and all sorts of stuff. Although, you know, like in my household, I don't talk about skin color with my child. She is still, even at the age of five and six years old, very cognizant of it and very much aware of it herself. And I've heard her talking about, you know, her brown skin and wish, wishing that she was a different color. And I was like, no, 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 honey child. We are brown skin people, black skin people, whatever you want to call us. And we are beautiful. And you must learn to love who and what you are. Um, you know, funny enough, she likes a lot of colors, but she hates black. She's like, black is ugly. And I've had to really have this conversation to her. I'm like, black is not ugly. Black is a beautiful color. And as you get older, child, you'll want to wear black to look slimmer. I mean, now she's the tiniest little thing. But wait until those mama jeans kick in and she might get a little booty or whatever. Uh, you know, you'll want to wear black because black is slimming. It's it's a beautiful color. You use it for formal events. And so I think you need to pay attention to your children, no matter how young they are, and listen to the things that they say um, and how even they describe their friends. Like when they say, oh, you know, my friend is white, you know, you need to talk about what, what does that mean? And does a five or six-year-old understand the context of white versus black versus brown when it comes to people's skin colors and skin tones and stuff like that? And encouraging diversity, um, encouraging your friends to have um, friends of all colors and shades and shapes and sizes, I think is really, really important. But it did strike me yesterday as I was looking at these kids how most of them are, you know, Caymanians um, of color. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting because they're not getting any exposure to um, non-Caymanians, perhaps. I don't know if their, their family, you know, does other activities outside of school that would allow them to have that level of exposure. But I think it is very, very important. You know, it is important to expose your children to as much in life as you possibly can. And that means travel and seeing different people so they can be accepting of people no matter what they look like, um, as well as, you know, just exposure to experiences and so forth in life. Um, even people who are differently abled. You know, I remember the first time my daughter saw someone in a wheelchair. She was like fascinated. She didn't understand what that was. Uh, but mind you, she had seen a wheelchair person on that, some of the cartoons that she watches and stuff. 
because they have like a sensitivity cartoon where one of the characters was in a wheelchair and, you know, all the friends were asking like, you know, she has books and stuff that introduce some of these concepts. Like, oh, why are you in a wheelchair? And, you know, does that mean that you don't want to play with us? And, you know, just trying to get kids to understand that just because someone is physically, um, you know, disabled doesn't mean that they don't, they can't play or they don't want to play or they don't want to gauge. They might just have to do it in a slightly different way. But yes, I remember the first time she saw a gentleman in a wheelchair, she was like, mom, why is he in that thing? You're like, she didn't even know. And I said, that's a wheelchair. And you know, you need to have these conversations, uh, folks, with your kids and try to explain things to them in as sensitive a way um, as possible. And so this particular gentleman was actually at the, um, at Kimata Bay at the, um, the waterfall. And he was having the best time of his life, Chum. Uh, someone was there assisting him. You know, obviously he had some handicap related uh, physical disabilities and other things, but he was still, you could just see the look of joy on his face that he was still able to um, be wheeled in and out of the, the water fountain. And he was just enjoying having that water, just like the kids, you know, um, you know, flashing on him and whatever. And she kind of, I noticed that my daughter kind of pulled back and she was a little bit hesitant to go back once he was there in the wheelchair. I said, listen, um, he's an adult, but, you know, he has um, some sort of disability. I'm not really sure exactly, but I said he's in a wheelchair and it looks like his dad has brought him here to enjoy the water just like you. So you don't need to feel a way about it. You go jump back in. Um, just don't bounce into the poor man, obviously, but go jump back in and enjoy it. You know, he's enjoying life just like you. We only got the one life to live, folks. Um, so I think it's just really, really important to, you know, expose your children to as much as possible. Uh, even, even in terms of money, like a lot of us don't like to talk about money. How many, how many of y'all like to talk about money? You know, nobody likes to really talk about money, whether you have money, or you don't have money. Um, very few people like to talk about money. There are some people who are very braggalicious as we say about their finances. And I don't like those kind of people. Um, because normally it means that they came from nothing in life and that's why they're bragging about it because this is the first little couple coins that they've had. And all of a sudden it's a big deal. Well, some of you um, may have, um, may know this about me, but this this year is just a year of, it's a transformative year for me. I feel like I say that every year though. Like I'm, I'm really a person who likes to make changes in my life, like all the time. Sometimes I unload baggage. I unload bad so-called friends, bad acquaintances. Child, I will unload you quicker than anything in this world because I'm just like, I ain't got time for it. Life is too short. If you're not adding positivity and value to my life, there's a door. Don't let it hit you in the rear end and don't come back because once I'm done, I'm done. Uh, speaking of that, young man messages me yesterday and he's like, Miss Sandra, can you unblock me on Instagram, please? He's messaging me on Facebook. And I said, well, the only question I have is why, why were you blocked? Because <laughs> I need to know what shenanigans you're up to because we don't normally block people that easily. And he's like, oh, it was about the COVID debate. And I said, uh-huh. I said, it wasn't a normal debate. You're probably getting belligerent and posting misinformation. And that's why your behind got blocked. And now you want to be unblocked. Hmm. Let me think about it. Because I can't remember what you would have posted, but I'm going to think about it. Um, but yes, when it comes to your personal life, folks, you don't need the stress and the negativity. Because when I tell you that it goes by in the blink of an eye, um, trust me, it really, really does. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not about to stress myself out 
with people who bring nothing to my life but stress. You don't need to be there. There, Like I said, there is the door. Go on about your business, honey child. Uh, you know, my job is stressful enough in my personal life. I don't want it and I don't need it. And I, I learned a long time ago when it comes to like my personal relationships, I can't fix you. I used to be Sir Fix-A-Lot, Madam Fix-A-Lot, fix, trying to fix everybody. And then at some point I had the aha moment and the recognition that I cannot save or fix other people. And the worst thing to do is to have those people in your personal life because that just adds a level of dysfunctionality. So, you know, I made some adjustments. So this year is a big year for me. I'm heading into 50, you know, my 50 by 50. I'm supposed to be making the transformation physical. I haven't quite started yet. I'm not going to even try to lie. Um, Every day I look at the gym going, oh God, yes, I'm going to start walking. Uh I've, you know, started to drink more water and a few other little things, but Lord, I need to step it up a little bit now. We need to be holding, y'all need to be holding me accountable. But um, even financially, I want some financial freedom by my 50th birthday. Oh, my God. The mortgage payments and the interest rates that keep creeping up on you and all this kind of stuff. Honey, child, I'm like, imagine if I had no mortgage. Mm -mm -mm. Y'all know what I could be doing every month? I could be saving on additional properties. I could be maybe doing some investments for commercial properties or something that I can actually have to leave for my daughter. Because if y'all think things are kind of sideways crazy right now with properties and valuations and all this kind of stuff, give it another 20 years when she's of age and trying to find something. Yeah, honey, chill. This is when I wish, when I first came back to the Cayman Islands, uh, this would have been the late 90s, early 2000s, I saw things like, you know, an acre of land in Savannah for $60,000 owner finance. And I was like, who wants to live in Savannah, Lower Valley? Here, 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 my illogical thinking at the time. That is so far out. That's in the country. I'm a Georgetowner. I'm like, oh God, that's like in the bushes. Who's going to be living out there? Well, you know, they say hindsight is 2020, honey, yeah. And boy, do I ever regret not grabbing one of those acres. I would have had me four house lots right now. I could flip two and still keep two. Mm-mm-mm. What we say for lack of knowledge, honey, we're all going to perish. But anyway, now I know better and I'm trying to catch up and do a little bit better. So one of my financial goals is to try to be mortgage free. Now it's not an easy goal, but I'm making some good positive strides uh, to be mortgage free in the next couple of years. I mean, I am hustling like I don't even know what the hustle factor is like real and legit. So you guys know for um, many, many years, I had a Mercedes. Um, I just love their cars. I must tell you, I have a preference for them over any other so-called brand. Really? Um, I love Mercedes. I love Hondas. Both last forever, honey child. They'll just keep driving and driving, driving totally different price bracket. Cause something needs to be fixed on the Honda. You can afford it on the Mercedes. You better have a couple coins saved up, honey child. So anyway, um, I said to myself, you know, the Mercedes was actually a push present. <laughs> you guys know what a push present is? When you're having a baby, your spouse buys you a push present because you're pushing this child out or if you're going to have a C-section, whatever, they're pulling it out. And so this was kind of like my baby present. Mm-hmm. 
all fine and dandy, but they're not cheap cars to have and to maintain. So the car is five years old. And I said, you know what? It still has excellent value. It's in excellent condition. I mean, I'm a kind of person who takes care of my stuff. Car is immaculate condition. And I said, um, you know, as I work towards this financial goal, I think I'm going to sell this vehicle, put whatever I get, the full amount, whatever I get for it on the mortgage. Because listen to me, if you do one extra mortgage payment per annum towards the principal of your mortgage, you can reduce, depending on the life of your mortgage, you can reduce your mortgage by like upwards of five years. That's a huge amount in the life of your mortgage if you consistently do that every single year. And there are things that you can do if you do a little bit extra every single month, whether it's a couple hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars, you say to your bank, apply this to the principal. And then, you know, the crazy thing is, as you start to bring that principal down, the interest also starts to decrease because the first at least 50% to 60% of your mortgage, you're mostly paying interest. So if your mortgage payment is $2,500, go look at, ask your bank because they can give you a breakdown. You just need to ask. Ask them what percentage of your mortgage payment is actually going towards interest. And you'd be surprised. It's at least 50 to 60%, if not more. So you're not bringing down the, the principal uh, very, very much, right? Not when most of it's interest. And the interest keeps going up, by the way. And so you bring down the principal and the interest automatically comes down as well. So I've been on a fast track system every little dime. Now, y'all don't think that I don't want to be ordering more stuff from Amazon or I don't want to be taking me another trip to Miami. I feel like I'm due for a trip right now because Christmas is around the corner. Need to get my little Christmas shopping in. But you know what? I'm like, no, don't use the credit card. Don't do this. Don't do that. Eat, eat at home as much as you can because that saves you on lunch money. And every single dime you save, put it towards financial freedom. And for me right now, financial freedom is going to be defined as having zero mortgage payments on at least one property, which will be, you know, my house. So that's where I'm at, um, you know, mentally and, and in finances. I am working overtime. So I did sell my car. Um, congratulations to the gentleman who bought it. You got yourself such a nice vehicle. Mm -mm -mm. And boy, do I miss it. Now, here's what I did to be smart and economical. I decided to get myself a little Honda HRV. Why? Number one, it cost me half. Listen to this. 50% of what it cost me to fill up the Mercedes, it cost me to fill up the Honda. Hmm. Smaller engine, smaller car. That's okay. Number two, it's a hybrid. So it's going to last me twice as long. Shall I be going all two, three weeks on that little tank of gas running all over the place? So it's been working out just perfectly. So not only am I going to save money in repairs and maintenance, whatever, I'm also going to save money at the gas tank, which you know right now what that's looking like. These are the sacrifices that we're going to be making. We will make financial sacrifices for a bigger goal. So would I still love to be driving around in my little chucka chucka Mercedes? Yes. Betsy was comfortable. Oh gosh, I love the automatic seats where you can just save and pre-program. Oh yeah, I don't got I don't have any of those features now. Not in the Honda show. But you know what? It's all right. My behind is going to be a little bit less comfortable for the next couple of years, but imagine how much more comfortable I'm going to be mortgage-free. 
Yeah, for my own future and for the future of my child and my family. So, you know, what what you say? You got to make sacrifices along the way, folks. Jonathan says, sell a couple more ads. (laughs) Uh, Mortgage rates will be jumping up an extra 3.8% by the end of the year. So here's the other thing in relation to um, mortgages, folks. Um, I got to tell you the truth. Y'all better go and talk to your bank because the feds are going to keep increasing. I mean, there's no abatement in the near future of the increases. Mm, mm, mm. It's going to go up again, probably before the end of the year and into next year. So what we did uh, during COVID, see, I kind of, I kind of guessed wrong on how this was going to fall, right? How this was going to happen. So during COVID, I, um, the bank CNB reached out and said, Hmm, you know, you have these options. They were trying to help people, um, miss payments. But remember what I told y'all during COVID, I said, if you do not have to take a miss payment, don't do it. They gave y'all up to three months. I said, don't do it. If you're still working and nothing has changed for you because of COVID, nobody's lost their job. Nobody works in tourism. Rest assured that there's zero reason for you to take that abatement of your mortgage payment. Cause y'all were thinking, oh, that's um, three less payments that I have to do. No, it's not. It's a deferral. So all you're doing is accruing more interest because the principal hasn't moved in three months. Mm-hmm. Jesus, take the wheel now, take the financial bus. And so you're putting yourself in a worse position. I know some banks in the Cayman Islands give you the option in the month of December to not make a mortgage payment or loan payment, take it from me, class in session now, finances 101, do not take advantage of that. That doesn't help you in the long run. That's going to make you pay more interest and prolong the life of your mortgage or whatever loan payment you have with the bank. In fact, what the bank should be encouraging you to do, right? they're not going to do this because how they make money is off of you and your interest payments. And as long as you keep paying, they're happy as a pig in a blanket. They should be encouraging you in the month of December to make an extra payment, not to not make a payment at all. They should be saying, throw in a little bit extra on the mortgage, honey, child, if you know what's good for you. But you know, once you're paying, the bank's not gonna bother you too much. They're not here to give you financial advice on how to save money and how to get out of debt. Debt is how they make their money. So I'm I'm not knocking them because we all need to borrow here, there, and everywhere on occasion. And it is what it is. But let me, you know, tell you what the real deal is. Making those extra payments can really make a difference in the life of your mortgage. So what I did during COVID is I said, you know what, let's do a fixed rate. Because I thought during COVID is when the S was going to hit the fan. It didn't hit the fan until after COVID. So literally, we did like a two-year fixed rate. And then it was like, I think, March, April. Um, and then the bank said, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's now done. Do you want to continue with a fixed rate? Because they only do a fixed rate for small periods of time. They're not going to do a fixed rate for the 20-year mortgage or whatever. So I was like, oh, no, well, nothing's really happened financially during COVID, so I think we're good. Well, Lord, Lord, prove me wrong. The very next month, here we come. The Fed is like, oh, no, the economy. We need to reel in all this, you know, borrowing and spending and da-da-da-da. And I said, here we go. So I had to go back to the bank and said, excuse me, hello, CNB, it's me. Remember that fixed rate? I think we're going to need it again. And so we've locked it in again. Like I said, I think CNB only does two or three year fixed rates. They don't do long term, right? 
So in that two and three years, that's when I'm hustling. It's like riding a bicycle. I'm pedaling faster and faster to try to pump every little extra dollar onto the mortgage that I possibly can. Financial freedom. So John LaRue says, I have a Merc and a CRV and only drive the CRV now as gas mileage is incredible. Yes, I must tell you, that was really one of the things that um, attracted me to the HRV as well. You know, the gas mileage, uh, like I said, it's a smaller engine anyway. So 50 bucks to fill up the HRV, 100 bucks at the height of the, the gas situation to fill up a Mercedes. And some people pay more than that to fill up. Oh, it pains me. I'm like, no, I need a full hybrid vehicle. Well, I can just plug that in, be done. Anybody have connections at CUC? Because I want to find out for the next vehicle that I get, which I'm really hoping can be um, like completely off grid, you know, full electrical. How does that work? Do I need like an electrical station at home? Like, I don't really quite know that I fully understand how it works. And Mercedes doesn't have a full electric vehicle. So I need to figure out what they're doing as well. Because I will. Here's the deal, right? Uh, Rewards are important in life. And I believe in rewarding myself, but you got to put in the work. You can't reward yourself when there's no work. So you know how you'd be like, oh, I'm going to have a chocolate today as my reward for going 24 hours without a chocolate. No, 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 no. That's not a good idea. So in terms of financial freedom, I have promised myself that um, the next vehicle that I get, I'm going to save up money for it. Because one of the worst things you can do, and we all know this, but we do it anyway, is borrow money for a vehicle. If you can save cash and pay for a car, do you know how much money you will save as opposed to taking out a bank loan for a vehicle? So I am of the mindset now, pay cash for your cars. Cash for cars. That should be a whole slogan. You mightn't have it all at once. So you save up your money. You know what your goal is. You know what your budget is. So say you got a little $75,000 car and goal in mind, you know, that's going to be your dream vehicle, whatever. Start saving from now. Figure out what you need to put aside every single month to get there in the time period that you want. So if I pay off the mortgage within the time frame that I've set for myself, my reward at the end of that will be able to get another Mercedes if that's what I want. Although the Audis have been looking kind of nice lately. But whatever, I will reward myself. But here's the here's the caveat. There's always a catch. I can't reward myself by getting in more debt with a car loan. Mm-hmm. Lavana says, get that fixed rate from your banks. That's what I did. So this is the thing. Do not reward yourself with something that actually isn't a reward. Getting in more debt. Cars are like the worst things in the world. The second you purchase a car and you drive it off the lot, it has already depreciated. Bam, just like that. It is a depreciating asset from the word go. A car does not gain in value, folks. Hardly ever. 99.999% of the cars will be losing their value immediately. So the thing to do, uh, uh, Venice says, I've never had a car, a loan in a car. I always bought uh, pre-owned. And my next one will have hoofs instead of tires. <laughs> You're going to be driving a donkey, riding a donkey. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, you got to start thinking about these things because you do the math. Say you get a little car for $50,000, $65,000 at whatever interest rate, because, you know, they charge you more interest rate for vehicles. I don't know what the current going interest rate is, folks, 
But believe me, you, you will pay three and four times for that vehicle. It don't make no sense. Save up your little coins and go and put cash on it. Pay cash, spot cash. Um, Anne says, what happens when the battery dies with a hybrid? Well, the HRVs are like self-charging. So you don't have to do anything to them. So while you're driving it, it charges itself as well. So you'll actually see on the gauge, like it'll tell you if it's using gas or if it's actually using the hybrid part of it. Don't really ask me too much more than that, Anne, because I'm no mechanic and I don't understand all of the logistics of it, but I do know it's like a self-charging kind of system. So it's a hybrid and it doesn't require you plugging in or anything like that. Now, um, if it's a full electric vehicle, I'm assuming that you need to be paying close attention to the gauge and, uh, you know, you need to charge it when it tells you to charge it. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck on the road somewhere. So, yeah. Um, and I don't know, like different cars might get you different uh, amounts of like charge, whatever. There's a truck. I think I'd mentioned this some months ago. There is, I think it's a Ford truck. It has some kind of um, like charging, like basically this, it's a F-190, F-150, sorry, um, Ford truck. And it's like the top of the line, you know. Uh, non-gas vehicle and it is so it can actually charge your house um so i'm aware that it it has some oh yes i'm aware that it has some component where um it has some component where you can actually even charge your actual house which is kind of crazy to think about but yeah it's it's supposed to be like an amazing vehicle um, but you know, in the States, they're a little bit more advanced in some areas with some of this stuff. So they've got like charging stations and so on that you can put into your, your home, um, to try to go off grid. So here's a, here's a review by this guy, Marquise, uh, Brownlee. He's like a big tech guy and he does cars and stuff as well. This one, he says the F the Ford F-150 lightning is the iPhone of pickup trucks. Cause you know, the iPhone supposed to be the best phone. So he says, this is iPhone pickup trucks. Like it's really like a big deal in the world of like um, electric vehicles. And it's gotten really like really, really good ratings and stuff like this. And like where the, where the hood or where the engine usually is in the front is like actually your, um, your trunk. So when you open up what you think is the hood where the engine should be is the trunk of the vehicle. It's so like, I've seen some videos and reviews on it. And it's like amazing. They put so much technology into this vehicle. Like it's, like I said, I'm not really like a car person to that extent. I don't really know much about cars, to be honest. All I know is you drive them. They feel comfortable. They do what they're supposed to do. They might look good. And then you just keep driving. But that Ford 150 Lightning, yes, Clint, this car is like, or this truck, I should say properly, is like off the chain amazing. Like anybody who's in the tech world, and the world of like hybrid vehicles and, you know, um, uh, full electric vehicles. This is it. This is the vehicle. Now I'm not really a truck person. Like I've never really been a truck person, just too big for me. And I kind of feel like I'm one of those people that run you over if I had a truck. Um, you know, I, I go like to certain size and I, I kind of keep it there. 
but I can tell you that this vehicle has gotten rave reviews um, for, for what it is. You know, everybody's like, oh my God, this is like an amazing vehicle. So check it out, I guess. I don't think anybody here in Cayman has one yet. Here it is on the road. So um, Marquise did a whole, this has over 3 million views, his review of it. But yeah, it's it's supposed to be like an amazing vehicle. People do Teslas and stuff as well. So I guess if you like something a little bit sporty. Um, but there, there's different types of hybrid and electric vehicles that are coming in the market. You know what I understand from the folks over at Mercedes? Because Cayman has been slow to come when it comes to this technology, believe it or not, um, we don't have a whole lot of charging stations and all this stuff. So we're going to be like one of the last markets for a luxury brand like Mercedes to start sending electric vehicles here because they're like, oh, you guys only have a population of 70,000 people. What percentage of them actually own a Mercedes? What percentage of those owners are going to get, you know, an electric vehicle or hybrid or whatever? The market just isn't there to justify the business case for us to get like the first batch of Mercedes electric vehicles. So we're on the bottom of the totem pole, which I think is so interesting. Uh, for such a small country, you know, you would think that we could make certain changes like a lot quicker. But I think realistically, the manufacturers of these products know that that actually isn't the case, that we seem to take our time. Um, but this car is like this truck, I should say, this Ford F-150 Lightning. Yeah, it's it's off the it's off the chain. So if you like uh, trucks, go check it out. I have no idea what it costs. I'm not telling you once again, do not get yourself in any debt. Um, if you like it, start saving up. The cost of vehicles, by the way, has gone up. And it will continue to go up because there's a shortage of available vehicles, even in the used car market. There's a shortage of available vehicles in the U.S. I was reading a whole article about this. I think it was Times Magazine or Times whatever.com that was talking about what is um, fueling the shortage of vehicles. And as a result, you might actually end up paying more for a vehicle right now. So if you don't need one right now, hold off, folks. So Jonathan says, I think the world economy is going to crash soon. And I better start um, planting some breadfruit trees in your yard. You know what, Jonathan? Sometimes I think about um, our perspective on things. And um, someone was saying the other day how hard it is for, you know, the, the common or average person to make a living right now in this time. And I said, you know what is so crazy is I'm sure it's no harder than it was in the 1600s, the 1800s or the 1900s or, you know, any other time in history. In fact, it is probably easier. There are people now who can have access to, you know, education, decent jobs and resources that before never had a chance in life. Listen, there was a point in time, folks, where if you were royalty, if you were not royalty, you were not getting anything. You were peasant working out in the fields, long hours, and all you got was a bag of children that as a woman you had no control over. I mean, you had no control over your life. Your life is being dictated by other people and you were still being taxed to death to support the kings and, and queens of the world as they lived a somewhat luxurious life, but even a lot of them had no real choice and no real freedoms in life. So the concept of, oh, times are so much harder now, are so much more different than they used to be, I'm not so sure that that's actually accurate. I think that we are living in the best possible time with the best opportunities. Listen, people can become literal millionaires overnight because of things like 
having a YouTube channel and a platform and stuff like that. When else in history would that have even been remotely possible? If you weren't connected and you didn't come from a certain family, the Vanderbelts or the, I don't know what the families are in the U.S., you know, even here in Cayman, if you weren't a colonel or a, I don't know, whoever else is the money people here in Cayman, um, let's face it, you didn't have a chance in hell. You were working same menial jobs, uh, no minimum wage, and things were tough. And you got your few little shillings. There was no Cayman Islands dollar that was stronger than the U.S. dollar. You know, you got a few little shillings and you were at the mercy of other people giving you an opportunity. Now, despite your color, the color of your skin, despite where you might start off economically in life, you have somewhat of a chance. The, the, the things that determine your ability to advance includes education and having some sort of skill. And when I say education, do not limit yourself to think that I'm thinking of just a four-year university degree. Even the ability to do a plumbing program and to learn these things, folks, you can go online and do online programs. You can do you know, the practical exams here to pass electrical. All of the advances that we have made now make it easier for people of no real means to give themselves a step up in life and opportunities. You just have to be willing to grab the bull by the horn, make the sacrifices that you need to make, and the world can be a partial oyster. Now, I'm not saying that every person is going to be a millionaire and every person's going to be a business owner and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? There are far fewer obstacles in your life now. But it's really a matter of perspective. We've got to change this negative mindset that so many people have, right? Everybody's like, oh, this is the worst time to be alive, the worst time in history. I'm like, where do you get that from? What, what is that based on? This is the best time in history, folks, to be alive. You can get knowledge and information by the click of a button, although y'all be listening to all the full, full information and getting misinformation, right? That's why during COVID, I had to laugh at times at the level of ignorance of people who think they're so incredibly intelligent. Oh, well, you know, um, the FDA did not give approval, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, you're not capable of reading a document. This is where a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous. You're not capable of actually reading a document and understanding what the document says. But here's the, here's the beauty of it. For the first time ever in your life, you have actual access to information. Real-time studies are coming out about the COVID vaccine and how it's impacting people, right? No, no, big pharma, this and that. They're hiding information. I'm like, geez, I'm beast. It is more difficult in 2022 to hide information from anybody than at any other period in history. Stop being a conspiracy theorist. Stop being a naysayer just for the sake of having something to say and trying to get attention for yourself. Oh, well, they're hiding all these adverse effects reports. Really? It's all friggin' online. Who is hiding it? For the first time ever, you have a database online of adverse effects and the companies um, who are making the drugs have to submit all this information to the CDC. Show me any other vaccine where that has ever been done. And here we are as a country, as a world, who has been getting vaccinated 
from the time you were a baby, they were jabbing you with it. And you had no right to say no, right? You couldn't do anything about it. You had no information on it. And all of a sudden, the COVID vaccine is the worst thing in the world. And it's a big conspiracy and blah, blah, this. And they're hiding. I'm like, what? I mean, think about it. Put it in in real context about what it is that you're saying. Here you have information at your fingertips. Now, the fact that you can't understand the information is a totally different matter. But for the first time ever, you actually have information. You know what's in a vaccine, right? How many of y'all know what's in the polio vaccine? You don't know and you still got it and it was mandatory. In the U.S., they went door to door, knocked on your door. How many people we got in this household? Five people. All five of you getting the jab. Jab, 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 jab. We've gone to the next neighbor. There were studies historically done in people of color and other minorities, right? The Tuskegee um, one is a perfect example where they were like infecting people with syphilis and other diseases on purpose to then test drugs and see. It's like in, in 2022, that could not happen without somebody leaking the information. You got you know, whistleblowers and leakers and people hacking into databases. So even if the company doesn't tell you what's going on, someone is going to hack into the database and get you the information. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't question. I'm not saying, you know, don't look at information and don't question things. But when it comes to the general access to information, folks, we have never been in a better position. And it will only get better. The CDC approved uh, these drugs only, or the FDA, only on the basis of you have got to report all of the side effects for these drugs. Somebody gets the vaccine and they sneeze a minute later, you better write it down. Because we need to know if it was a result of the vaccine while you're now sneezing. So last week, there was a report out. Did you guys hear about this? Um, that the COVID vaccine did, imp- in fact, um, impact women's menstrual cycle. There were women who were getting the vaccine at the time, and they were like, mm, I've noticed a difference in my menstrual cycle after getting the shot. Now, if you know anything about women and their menstrual cycles, that's not incredibly unusual. There's a lot of things that can impact your cycle, everything from what you eat to exercising, to every 10 years or so, your cycle kind of redoes itself anyway, and it it shifts and it changes as you go through life. I bet y'all, a lot of y'all didn't even know that. And if you're a woman that really pays attention to your body, you would have noticed some of these changes, right? Sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter, it adds an extra day, whatever. Your body goes through a lot of different changes. So women had made this observation, and now we know an actual study has been done. And that it's all over the news. Again, nobody's hiding anything from you. So now that they've studied this specific thing, we now know that indeed there is a link. Ah, Isn't that amazing? Yes, it's amazing. And what's even more amazing is that we have the technology available to us, folks. No one is trying to hide anything from you. I know it's hard to believe. Listen to this, because I'm all about educating people. I love to ed- I love to learn, and I think education is a lifelong thing that you do. And so you all need to be aware 
it's not something, you know, because it has an impact on, on your cycle doesn't mean that something that's going to kill you or something bad for you. It's just something that has an impact. So have a listen to this. That they notice changes in their menstrual cycle after getting the COVID-19 vaccine. And there has been some concern over what that could mean. But a new study published in the British Medical Journal last week has some answers. It looked at period tracking data and did find that the COVID vaccine could affect menstrual cycle length. That is from the first day of a period through the start of the next period. Dr. Allison Edelman is a professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Oregon Health and Science University. She's also the lead researcher on the newest study, and she joins us now. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Aisha. Pleasure to be here. So this new study is building off a previous one published earlier this year, which only looked at people in the U.S. What did that study find? So that study found pretty much the same thing that we're finding in this study as well, which is that the cycle length was slightly longer, about a day, and that we weren't able at the time to see if it returned back to normal or when it returned back to normal. Okay. And so did you get more expansive data in this latest study? We really wanted to see, because this is impacting everybody globally, is our data from the U.S. comparable to the data globally with different vaccines? And then we also wanted to see what happens post-vaccine. So what did you find in this new study, you know, when you take into account like what happened post-vaccine, et cetera? Yeah, so this study really confirms the findings that we had in the U.S. cohort. We're seeing that less than one day change with getting a vaccine if you get one vaccine in the cycle. And then the cycle post-vaccine, that clean vaccine, post-vaccine cycle, uh, we're seeing the cycle get back to normal. And our study also looked at the days of bleeding that individuals have, and we didn't see an impact of COVID vaccine on the number of days of bleeding. Okay, so is this kind of extended cycle, menstruation cycle, is that harmful? Is that something to be concerned about? So normally, no, but... What happened at the beginning of the vaccine rollout is we just didn't have any information at all, and people were having this experience, and then we didn't have any information to give them. So they, you know, we were getting a lot of the public reporting pushback that, you know, their providers were saying this couldn't be possible, this isn't happening, and they were reporting that it did happen. And so it's information that we didn't have before around vaccines. And so we're pleased to be able to have that information now so that people can know what to expect. So clinically, one day is not significant. It's it's not harmful, but it could, you know, impact a person personally, right? I mean, obviously a period's very intimate. Yeah, you know, half the population has a relationship with their menstrual period. And so we have a personal narrative and it means something different to us for one day difference. It could be a big deal to some individuals personally. And so I want to make sure that we're validating what people are experiencing when we have absence of evidence. I think in particular for women, girls and individuals who menstruate, oftentimes our concerns get downplayed. And I know that this study did not look at necessarily like why this happened, but can you talk about or do you, is there any sense or any guess that you might have for why this happened? And I bring this up only because around vaccines, there's been a lot of talk about people being concerned about it affecting fertility, et cetera. 
that's a great question, you know, because menstrual cycles really mean a lot to individuals. They mean that people are metabolically normal, healthy, and then they also give us a look into future for fertility. And so I want to reassure people that really we, we are not seeing a signal that's harmful, but we're seeing something that people want to know about. They want to know what to expect, what to experience. People on hormonal contraceptives were not included in these studies. Can you tell us about like how the cohorts were selected? Yeah, so these populations, you know, when we go back, we don't know really anything about menstrual cycles and vaccines. And so we needed to look at, is this happening? Because we know menstrual cycles have fluctuations anyway. And so is the fluctuation happening? Is that true, true, and unrelated to the vaccine? Or is it happening because of the vaccine? And because of that, we needed individuals that were having normal natural cycles, so without hormones, to be able to see if the signal is there and if it can be connected with the vaccine. And we looked at individuals who were vaccinated and then also reported unvaccination. So we had a control group to be able to compare, whereas hormonal contraception, you know, kind of overrides the signaling for menstrual cycles. And so now that we know that we have this change or this influence from the COVID-19 vaccine, now we can apply this to other groups. Dr. Allison Edelman is a professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Oregon Health and Science University. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Some people have said that they noticed changes um, in their menstrual cycle. Oh, sorry. I had it in a loop there. So really, really important um, information. Jonathan says, real-time information is telling me World War III is just around the corner. Oh, Lord, Jonathan. This is this is the negativity that we're talking about, honey chill. Because if you didn't have real world information, then you'd be complaining that something was wrong, folks. Oh, he says because North Korea just shot another missile over Japan. Well, isn't it better to know that the world might be ending in five minutes thanks to North Korea and their crazy, um, you know, leader? Would you rather know or not know? <laughs> So, um, you know, at the end of the day, Damon says this information was out from early 2020 by doctors. How could it have been out in early 2020 when we didn't have a vaccine in early 2020? I'm just saying, Damien, <laughs> what we say and the information that we put out there is really, really important. We didn't have a vaccine in early 2020, just FYI. So if this information was out in early 2020, women's menstrual cycles were being impacted for totally unrelated reason to the vaccine. I'm just saying, if you want to be believable and you want to put information out there, you got to come good on this program, honey chill. Here's the thing. Um, this is now based on um, a study that has come out of, I think it was the um, large NIH funded study. Um, when you do studies and you try to link things, even though it's not necessarily a cause and effect, you have to make sure that the study is a control what they call double-blind study. We've gone into the details of how these things are done. People giving you anecdotal information, right? Oh, I got the shot and all of a sudden my left toe started itching. That is not, even if you report that to a doctor and they put that in the adverse effect, that does not mean anything. But they're still recording it because the whole reason why you have this um, adverse effect database is you might pick up on after, you know, 20,000 people have reported the same thing, you might pick up on a pattern that goes, hmm, is a COVID vaccine really making your right 
big toe itch after you get the first shot, this is something that we need to do a study on and that we need to look into. So um, the NIH Office of Research and Women's Health funded the study, which was a part of a $1.6 million awarded to five institutions to explore potential links between COVID-19 vaccination and menstrual cycles. And as it said, there's a lot of things that impact a women's menstrual cycle. A lot of women are in birth control. And if you know that if you're in birth control, depending on the type of birth control that you're on, uh, what you get is basically a faked or mimic uh, menstrual cycle. You don't really get a real menstrual cycle. That's why it can be so incredibly precise. Because if you have a real menstrual cycle, you know that it's not that precise, even with all the best tracking devices, you know, you might be within a day or so, but it's not unheard of for your cycle to, you know, have variances in it. When you're on the pill, for example, um, you get it when, when, you know, that's why you take the pill for so many days and then you stop, right? So there's a lot of other things that can impact a person or a woman's um, cycle. And so it was really, really important for them to isolate what was going on here with this vaccine. So now they have concluded that there is some sort of a link and um, basically it has extended, you know, a woman's period by like a day. Women probably are not particularly happy about that, but at the end of the day, folks, um, you need to go and have a look. So this is a large international study, which has confirmed the findings of a previous U.S. study that linked the COVID-19 vaccination with an average increase in menstrual cycle of less than one day. Uh, the increase was not associated with any change in the number of days of menses, uh, and it was funded by the National Institute of Health. And the new study included data from nearly 20,000 people from Canada, the United Kingdom, the United States, Europe, and other parts of the world who receive any of nine different vaccines. So again, it was um, looks like it was pretty much across the board. So go check it out. You can actually get the um, study's principal investigator was Allison Edelman, who you just heard in that interview uh, from the um, Oregon Health and Science University in Portland. And you can go to BMJ Medicine and actually have a look at the study yourself. Stop reading things and thinking that you understand, especially when you're not even willing to go to the primary um, journal to have a look. So if you go to this website, bmj.com, it's actually bmjmedicine.bmj.com, you will see that the latest research is in relation to this, and you can then read the full article. And some of these websites will actually give you um, the actual research um, conclusion documents and stuff as well, and they tell you everything about it. Mm. Um, there's another one here that's quite interesting that recently came out, association between patterns of uh, modifiable risk factors in midlife to late life and longevity. So, you know, those of us who are like midlife right now, we're like, oh, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm gonna do Does it actually matter? Is the question, is it going to make you live longer? So that's a new one. Uh, the abstract is up here. And it says, 36-year um, perspective cohort study. 36 years. Wow. They've been collecting data starting in 1984 and 1986. So go and check this out. This is over 85,000 patients. The longer a study uh, period is, obviously, probably the more accurate and reliable um, it becomes in terms of any conclusions that it may be drawing. So listen, 
information. Thank the Lord for technology is available at your fingertips. Just go read it for yourselves. Don't, don't allow other people to try to necessarily interpret information for you. I'm going to send you all this link. Read and try to understand. And if you don't understand something, by all means, speak to someone who's a little bit more knowledgeable in either the field of research and medicine or even someone who just has a good ability to interpret and comprehend what it is that they're reading. Because not everybody has that ability. And you shouldn't be listening to someone who tells you, oh, I'm a Christian fanatic and, and I'm also you know, a Google doctor and I know what I'm talking about. The experts have spent countless years um, in their area of specialty for a reason. Folks, it is 9.58. The show is actually now done. I want y'all to have a beautiful, safe and productive Day. I understand that the young lady who was involved in the accident this morning is still alive. Uh, she's in critical care is the latest that we have heard. And um, apparently she has some um, internal bleeding. So um, please, you know, pray for her family. Um, Loretta Lynn has passed away. Somebody just sent me this. Coal miner's daughter and country queen has died. That's breaking news this morning as well. So condolences go out to the family of um, Loretta Lynn. I'm sure we'll put something up on social media or Facebook in relation to that. So that's all we got for you today, folks. Please be safe and um, take your time on the roadways. We pray for this young lady that she will have um, a safe recovery. So <laughs> Poppy says, where is Soka? It's anecdotal, not anti anti anecdotal. Oh, Lord, y'all are killing me. And it's not that you don't know how to pronounce the word. Sometimes just saying it fast, you just say, you know, whatever. So anecdotal. All right, love. We got you. Folks, have a beautiful day. Uh, please be good. Pray for this young lady that she's able to make a full recovery. And um, I'm sure the police investigation will give us more details and exactly what has happened in relation to that. Have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 